Ooh, W Soren with the tier three sub. Six months of being of of leading the way in chat, gang. Thank you so much, Soren, man. Uh, thank you, and uh, and cheers. And I guess with that, we can go ahead and kick off uh, kick off Rantcast thirty five. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Rantcast thirty five. I am Mister Mephisto, the man with every opinion unlocked. It's like an Xbox achievement. You just got to keep grinding. It's like platinuming life. On your PlayStation, really. Uh, I've done that. I put in the work for you just so that you can get all of my opinions all the time. Uh, tonight we're going to be... Well, uh, my guest tonight is is Dr. Uh, uh, Nick True. Uh, say hello, Nick. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Alright, so there's there's Nick. And and to be clear, and just, just kind of at the onset, we're going to be talking about uh, invisible, uh, in, invisible disorders or invisible disabilities, right? Um... And so this can get a little bit heavy, but we need to got we got to get the disclaimer out the way. Your doctorate is not actually in like psychology or behavioral sciences or anything. Like nope, that. De no. design. Design. So so real quick, we're not giving any like professional advice. None, none of that. None of that business tonight. Uh, we're just pontificating, uh, sharing some personal anecdotes, and talking about like kind of uh, you know what it means to to be in the greatest community uh, in gaming. Uh, I say it with with all honesty. Um, you know, if you know my nerd, personal nerd hierarchy, like I started out as a tabletop gamer with RPGs, uh, I kind of, uh, moved sideways across into Warhammer and actually video gaming. I, I was kind of like the thing I got to, the games I got to play by myself, which is why I gravitated to RPGs early. Um, Wargaming is the thing I can do by myself or with one friend. And then if I just I happen to hit that sweet spot, I can get five people together and, you know, play D and D or riffs. That being said, despite loving all those things, I, I, I firmly believe this is the greatest community ever. What do you what do you think, man? I could not agree more. Um, so as somebody who lives by so I live by and work by Gen Con and I see the different tribes of nerds that are not my tribe of nerd right. walking around. And I mean wargaming is just I don't know, maybe it's the barrier to entry that's extremely high. Well, you gotta be you get you gotta be really committed to wargaming to get into it. Like it's it's mm -hmm. pretty easy to to pick up uh, for all intents and purposes. It's pretty easy to like download League of Legends or or pick up mm -hmm. Street Fighter or or whatever the, the other other gaming niche is. Like if you're in wargaming, I don't care where you come in on the game, whether you're a narrative, whether you're a a painter, hobbyist, uh, competitive filth monger, whatever, wherever you or some mix of of, of all of the above, like. You you gotta invest into it, and don't worry, Soren. Um, you're unsubbing if I treat Lumineth the same way I treat Sigmar. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think that's gonna happen. I might meme a little bit on uh, on some things uh, as jokes present themselves, but like I don't like I don't have anything against Teclas. Um, Tyrion and Teclas are like they're fine to me, uh, except they're elves. I mean, they are elves. Well, oh wait, you actually. So I, you, you you play a couple of, yeah <laughs> so you hate elves you actually have a couple yep. of armies and one of my favorite reasons for why you played Slanesh kind of like peak peak filth era Slanesh incidentally getting into them during peak filth like to to be clear I'll let you it's your story I'll let you tell it so you, um so elves in pretty much every fantasy setting are responsible for ruining the world in some way or another. And I uh, have a personal D&D story from high school with a jerk who decided to play an elf and wouldn't let anyone else play elves. So it's... since then, I've hated, hated them. <laughs> so, so this all traces and... back to, like, to, to Dungeons and & Dragons and just that one jerk elf player. 
Yep, second edition D and D, circa like '95, and uh, and I got into Slanesh because Slanesh ate all the elves, or at least most of the elf souls, and uh, that's a platform I can get behind. <laughs> see, I, I, I see. I personally, I love all the ways people like find their sharp edges, like find their ways to like get into the game, and and so that's fantastic. So, so I guess like like real quick, so so that our audience can get to know you a little bit. Um, you know, roughly how long have you been playing Age of Sigmar and what got you into it? Did, did you, are you an OG Warhammer fantasy gamer? Did you come over from 40k? Let people know your story. So, uh, so I played one game of fantasy with that same D&D group with Lizardmen versus some, some other faction back in like 96. Hated it. Um, forgot about it promptly. Uh, when I moved back from Sweden, I reconnected with a guy who currently does some of my painting. Um, we we played nerd games back together in high school, um, worked together, and he was like, hey, let's go to this game store. And he was like, I, he pretty much did the, uh, he did the, like the first one's free thing. He was like, I will buy you a start collecting set and paint it for you if you play Warhammer with me. Um, <laughs> this was in, this was in probably November Twenty twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. This this tracks. Yeah, this sounds about right. Um, he no he no longer plays. Um, and I own uh, thirty or forty thousand points of things. <laughs> well, you um, you just you threw yourself in at some. I did. At so, you just at some point you threw yourself in. Um, where did that? When did that really? When did you know? Like, okay, I'm I'm in it. Was it was it Slanash? Where where did that happen? Like, uh, honestly, it was Iron Jaws. Right on. Um, right on. Bought some Iron Jaws, um, bought six boxes of Brutes because they're gorgeous. Favorite models in the game. Mm. Um, I'm just painting them up now. But uh, my first tournament was Michigan GT in, I think it was 2016 or 2017, whatever the the train wreck one was that Detroit played Detroit and Milwaukee played Milwaukee. Mm. That, might and, have been, um, that might have been 17. I think that was and, more recent than that. And I got a, uh, a zero on my paint score and openly laughed at <laughs> Uh, well, that that that's a good notion to pin in. I think for a little bit later on when we get into the we get into like sort of the heavier side of the topic, like laughing mm-hmm. at folks and 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 you know hobby shaming and and gaming shaming and whatever it is. Um, yeah. So you got laughed at, so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. but you were still like you were you were ready to go, man. Like that didn't dissuade yeah. you. Uh, it did for a while until um I ended up meeting the indie crew, uh, Mike Westendorf. Great guy. Mike. Yeah, sporadic Mike on Twitter, fantastic guy. He's he's really really putting a lot of effort into getting like Circle City Clash and 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 Indie Storm and some of these games are these these tournaments really off the off the ground. He's been putting a lot of a lot of his soul into that into, into that scene. So I met that whole crew and they uh, convinced me to go to Bruce City Brawl, the first one. Um, met Brandon Melnick, uh, great guy, I love him. Yeah. Um, ended up finding out that not all. Not all tournaments were like the first one I went to, mm-hmm. and and just from that from that point on, I've been all in. I mean, I try to make five, six, seven tournaments a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I would go on to meet you at the following Brew City. I missed that first Brew City. Mm-hmm. So yep. uh, Andrew yells, I was at Andrew yells's house. Him and him and Haywell were roommates for a little bit there. I was actually at visiting Haywell when Andrew yells was at that Brew City that you went to. Mm-hmm. So fun little like chronology of like you know strangers missing strangers type thing. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah and uh 
Yeah, it sounded like you had a, a point to finish off there. I don't know, basically just uh, been all in ever since, and it's like, I don't know, I mean, it's going to sound kind of campy, but like, I feel like it's a, the Midwest, at least, for the Sigmar scene, is like, kind of like a family. Uh, it's like a super welcoming, super welcoming place, and like, these are people you've met once, and uh, like, I met Tom McClure at that first Brew City. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. At Meltdown. I went to the following Meltdown, so I guess that was Meltdown 2, and he just yelled my name and ran up and gave me a hug. And I was like, how do you remember me? We had a passing 10-minute conversation. Because he, Tom McClure is, like, he is the best sportsman IRL. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, he just, like, it's 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 not, you know, gaming for sports. He is the best sportsman IRL. And, like, yeah, like I, one of my first uh, tournament games in the wild was against him and Mike Westendorf. Uh, the mm-hmm. doubles event at Dragonfall was me and Haywo. And like he's playing his like uh, his quote unquote blue balls of fire army, which is the the uh, squigs yeah. and the giants that he's like blue stuff or he he green stuffed up himself. Um, and there's a, there's a whimsy to that army. I won't spoil it for you. I hope you make it out. And he's he's got some uh, models to show you. Uh, great guy, like just just fantastic guy. Like you couldn't you can't get there are like certain I, a density, and I, I think mm. it's a pretty high density of. Of, of players from the Midwest that if they're your first game in a tournament, you're just going to be like, I'm in, you know, like if you're going to get like the fear, I think for a lot of people coming to the tournament is, uh, is, is that like, um, what's it called? That like the fear of the, that guy, right? Like you just think mm-hmm. a tournament scene is just going to be a hundred that guys. And then just you, <laughs> like it's, it's really, it's really, it's the opposite. It, it, like that guys are I don't say like they're 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 gate kept, but they're they, they run into to people like like Brendan Melnick on the tables and like they get the that guy kind of like either beat out of them or they just like you know, like they're just bigger monsters than the that guy at tournaments. <laughs> and well, uh... and because it is such a family, you I'd say it's a little bit infectious. It's like I I showed up, you know, with my competitive background going, is this gonna be like magic? You know, like I, that was a fear I had because Magic is not a pleasing tournament scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the opposite. Um, like you 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 almost gain a malice yourself when you play Magic: The Gathering, where like more of your joy comes from from ruining other people's fun than like <laughs> facilitating people's fun. You know, like and and it's it's so like I came in like a little paranoid. And I think I shared this like last week, talking about playing with uh, on Rancast last week, talk, talking about playing against Kyle Knapp. Like I'm like, is this guy really this friendly? Because that Magic the Gathering mentality had like poisoned me. But then I'm like, oh no, this guy really is like as advertised that great. Um, well, speaking of getting absolutely destroyed, um, my Havoc team was I was partners with um, Alex Milotis. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. uh, we played. Pat Brideldson and Walter Duncan. And they won probably four minutes into that game. Uh, we played on the, on the sewer table and all the mock crushers and all the all the orcs just went across the table and completely... I think we had, the only models we had left turn two was the one that was in jail that they couldn't kill and we couldn't save. Um, that game was an absolute riot because those two are stellar opponents. Like, yeah. Patrick Brindleton, you play him, you're gonna have a good time. No yeah, matter what. Patrick is he's he's another one of those like Tom McClure level like winning best sports IRL at all times kind of yeah. guys. Like he's really well. Nice. He just 
He gets legitimately excited whenever anything awesome happens, and it doesn't matter if it screws him over. He right. just gets super stoked. Yeah, see, I, I can't replicate that because, like, it would come off as insincere from me. Yep, same, if, same. if I, like, if I cheered your 12-inch charge, I, this is the one I always come back to, if I cheered your boxcars, it would come off as ins insincere. But, like, mm -hmm. I invite people into my own little world when we're playing where, like, I'm the bad guy and you're, like, the good... Like, I, like I'm at the table, like... But that's how I make the games enjoyable because it's something very much I can do. Like the taking on my WWE heel persona and, you know, mm -hmm. Sigmar is wrong and Sigmar is a false god and being Nagash and death is the good guys. Or if I'm playing Chaos, it's just like burn it down anarchy. Like <laughs> you know, just getting upset that you killed my Ungor because I wanted to burn them. Like, <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's, you know, like I, 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 I find a way to like infuse that like that friendly banter into the game. And I think that that's some people it comes really natural, but some people, maybe it doesn't, you know? So I, I had to like, I had to first, my first barrier was like realizing that people are pretty authentic and, and just like, I'm, I'm a pessimist by nature. Like in reality, I just, I just really am. And, and it's, it's, it's hard work for me to like, to, to, to be more positive but it's really almost easy when you have that that vibe you have in this in this this age of sigmar scene of like people like you know you get to know a lot of the same people you see at the tournaments and like so that like kind of disarms you a little bit and you know that you have at least one thing in common which is this awesome game so that disarms you a little bit and then you you can work on some of that stuff and and disarming your own skepticism to where you can just get it out the way and enjoy the games you're playing and i think that that is something that is what we're talking about kind of early here on the onset is that makes age of sigmar such a great community um absolutely agree and it comes down to like another topic for another show another day is like play how you want to play and that's okay like no matter how you want to play like if you want to get super into hobby and don't care if you win or lose that's cool if you want to bring a hard list and win it's a tournament that's cool too yeah well i like i'll oh, finish your point uh basically like as long as you're not like I've been absolutely destroyed. Um, Sean Clark has beaten me turn one before, yeah. but it was still a great game. You know, yeah. he was still a great opponent. He he was like, "This is where you messed up, and here's how you can play better in the future." Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's I think that's really important because we do have a social a social game. You can mm -hmm. actually set your expectations and 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 moderate and mitigate expectations between yourself and and your opponent. Right, like I know if I'm playing Sean Clark or, or basically anyone from the from the Detroit Warhammer Club, I know what type of game I'm about to get, right? Mm -hmm. And then I just play to that level, you know. I, I I rather I set my expectation to that level and try to like deliver, you know. Because mm -hmm. then at that point it becomes on me. I now I have this expectation set realistically because I know the opponents, and then from there it's just like now it's time to time to deliver. Oh man, thank you so much, Necrolepsy. Uh, five months. Uh, thank you for the tier one sub, man. Um, real quick though, before we move past the point too far, uh, there's some fighting words here in chat. <laughs> so, so chat gang already fired off. Uh, Soren's coming to Midwest Meltdown. He's actually grudging AOS coach. I don't know if you know about this. Have you heard yeah. this? Yeah, right on. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, going about to five Masters event this year as well. I want to get into the community in person, not just on the internet. And and I think that's the first step. That's important. Is like you. I think there's a natural progression of like engaging the community on the internet first and then like wanting to wander out of your hobby store and so on and so forth. And, and like, you know, if you get caught up in the internet, 
like frenzy, especially around releases and FAQs. And right around those times, it's like it can be hard to like go on Facebook or or, or TGA. Um, if you get caught up in that, you're gonna get a certain picture. I think of 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 like what an AOS is, but it's the sort of it's the LGS. It's 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 your friend's house, and it's that tournament scene that are the the reality of Age of Sigmar, not the noise on the internet. And 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 uh, I'm really happy you're coming out of your shell there, Soren, and coming to some tournaments, uh, especially Midwest Meltdown, where I'll be as well. And uh, people referencing Magic the Gathering, I played blue, didn't I? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I did play blue. Uh, my favorite deck ever was Survival Bant. Um, so I I played since. Uh, I played Magic the Gathering basically since since it since it was out. Like I wasn't a beta player, but um, I really got into it around Portal, the first Portal. And I know it wasn't real Magic, but I didn't know that when I was like a ten year old at Target just buying a box. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, it it looked like the game uh, my grandma's friend was playing one day that like I really watched and was fascinated with. And so setting the timeline early. Um, it wasn't until college that I hit it pretty hard, which would have been the onslaught been block. The onslaught block. Why am I hearing? Why am I hearing getting reverb? Uh, is your microphone? Uh, is your microphone? Testing. I'm sorry. Speak again. Speak again. Was it's you? I think. Yeah. All right. Um. Real quick. All right. Um. Real quick. Though. Nope. Nope. We nope. still have the double nope. talk. We still Where's this coming from? Oh my god, the, the struggle of fuck it, do it live. Um, yeah, so, he's, 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 mm. You gotta drop the call, man. Maybe come back in, see if it fixes it. Um, while we fix some technical difficulties. No, I was, um, so setting the, the timeline early, uh, setting the timeline early like that, I think we're clear. Um, setting the timeline early like that, my favorite, uh, it was college when I got, it got really hit, 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 uh, Magic the Gathering pretty hard. That was the, would have been the, was it Onslaught block? Standard was, uh, the deck I was playing at the time was Patriarch bidding zombies. Um, so that was like when I, yeah, I know you're surprised to find out that the death player played a zombie deck. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, so yeah, it was, uh, Patriarch bidding, uh, Patriarch bidding zombies. Uh, and then from there, it was, uh, you know, I played Onslaught Block, and then what happened to me hap was, like, a natural progression to become a Legacy player, which is, your deck cycles, and then you're like, it's not, I can't play this at events anymore? Well, I want to keep playing it, so what format lets me keep playing it? And then that, that, that was Legacy at the time, um, so I, like, I played Legacy, and then you find out that your deck that you loved in Standard that cycled is trash. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you start playing uh so you start playing legacy uh i started out then with mono red burn because it was the cheapest deck to build that was remotely competitive i had a lot of great times with mono red burn uh but that in i inevitably ended up uh like i play i played dredge slash slash icarid because it was like a a, uh, a throwback to uh you know my re uh, was like a throwback to my uh zombie bidding deck uh, when I first, first played back in the portal days and stuff like that, I, I usually played Suey Black. Um, and then like, yeah, so I, I played a long time. Uh, we'll, we'll short the, shorten this rabbit hole up a little bit. My f absolute favorite deck though was Bant, which is, uh, uh, white, green, blue. 
Uh, I loved Bant because it was control with a flashy finish. It was specifically survival Bant. You had a little toolbox. You could survival for uh, whatever creature you needed that solved the problem. Uh, I had a bi the big combo finish with uh, Loyal Retainers, Emrakul. So it was like the biggest way I could finish the game ever. But I loved the combo elements and combined with control. Uh, I loved Reanimator. Uh, I loved, uh, you know, Blue Splash Reanimator. Um, uh, you know, I love Atraxa in, in EDH. Yeah, I, I'm a blue player. Uh, and where the fighting words came in is saying that blue players are like the Teemo of, of Magic the Gathering. And that's the fighting words. That That's mean. That is just a low blow, Sorn. <laughs> um, but yeah... <laughs> you had Midwest meltdown. You're grudging me to a drinking contest. I don't have a grudge yet, uh, uh, G Dad. Uh, so if you if you need a grudge, cheers. Mm. And then uh, yeah, so so yeah, um, so now we're all caught up. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to say like uh, to to Soren, you said one of the reasons you support me is because I do do topics like this. Um. Today was, uh, this time of year is a rough time of year for me. Um, it's, you know, my regular depression compounds with my seasonal depression, compounds with my seasonal layoff, compounds with, like, my mother's uh, death anniversary, which hits me hard every year. Um, so it's a hard time of year for me. Um, and my escapes have always been, like, reading, gaming, you know, just anything I can do to take my, my, to disengage my brain from reality. Um, the thing is, is most of those things I do to disconnect oftentimes end up trapping we trapping me with myself. Um, you know, if I'm writing an encounter for Dungeons and Dragons, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm writing stats up or whatever. Um, I'm like, oh, this monster should breathe fire. And then like, and then like, oh no, it should breathe something cooler than fire. And then you, you get in your own head and then just, you know how brains work. Sometimes you just think about one thing and that sends you in a different direction than you anticipated. The thing that I absolutely, getting back on topic, that I love about Age of Sigmar over some of my other vices is that it's an escapist vice in all those other ways, but rather than disconnecting from people, it helps me connect again to people. Like... This isn't, like, me disconnecting from reality completely. It's me suspending reality to hang out with my friends and make connections and not feel like I'm trapped in my own head. So, so sorry to get all uh, heavy on y'all, but that's, you know, it's important to me to give back in that respect because everybody's helped me. So, like, yeah, I might defend Ossiarg Bone Reapers and tell people to get good on Warhammer Weekly, but when it gets right down to it, that's just the game, you know, the person, I'm so much more than that. And, uh, you know, thank you for, for helping me and supporting me, everybody. Uh, Nick, man, uh, you've been an unexpected great friend out of like that. One of those like rare gifts in this community where like you just, you meet somebody and you like hit it off and like, now I've got a friend for life. So, well, I mean, like speaking of not being alone with your thoughts, um, you rode down with me to Nashcon because I didn't want to be alone with my own thoughts for six hours, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, that's really great. And another thing I want to add on to what you said about the hobby, um, or this community sort of pulling you out of your shell. It, it does that. 
but it also forces you to create to be a part of it. Yeah, and oftentimes I find myself in the, the lowest points of my life doing nothing. Mm. And, and the reason I buy so many models is if I get pulled into one of those things, like I, I'm forced due to the standards of hobby at these events to create something. Mm-hmm. And it may be marginal and it may not be the best painter, but I'm still proud of it. Yeah. Well, and you, you fell into one of those traps I fell into kind of early on in my hobby journey was I, I broke my hand and it just like, it, it was this complete mental block for me where I'm like, like I can never be that good because I have a handicap or whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. this is more on the, the physical, not so much an invisible one. But like the mental block was invisible to me. It was like I I will never be a great hand. I will never be a great painter. So I might as well just like focus on being a great gamer, right? Mm-hmm. And so for like, but that was a trap for me because like so many people, apart from like the getting laughed at for your zero paint score, so many people are more than willing to just help you, and they're just happy when mm-hmm. they see you on the table, right? When they when they they will take your army at like half the quality of a commission paint and nothing if you have the money to throw a commission painting i'm not judging you for that mm-hmm. but but the point i'm making is that people if they see you on on the table they you they see the conversion and then you can like talk about oh yeah i was trying to paint this and i messed up here but you can see how i kind of turned it into like looking like a sparkle or something whatever those little like happy accidents are just to borrow from bob ross there like whatever those are you can like tell them <coughs> about that and then people are like actually interested in seeing that the you on the table and i think that that really helps you know that helped me I, it took me a year to get over my mental block of painting like mm-hmm. one entire year um and it it was really helped by the fact that bone reapers came out because i'm like they deserve better from me <laughs> you know than than just pa- paint three colors standard put it on the table and you've actually been doing a little bit of that too now right mm-hmm. yeah so uh so I'm actually now just getting around to painting those iron jaws that were laughed at in 2017 or 16 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but I, I took the Nurgle that, um, like, uh, a guy from Indy, um, I went through a divorce and one of the lowest points of my life. And I was about to give up with this hobby because I couldn't get it painted. I couldn't get my army painted to take it to Bruce City. Um, but a guy from Indy came down. His name's Dan. He came down and helped me learn how to paint. We followed one of Tyler Megal's tutorials. Right and uh, took it to Havoc, um, got two off of Max Paint Score for something yeah. that I didn't think was that great. But you know, someone like Herner who really cares about hobby, like that, just made me feel good, right? Yeah. And uh, we, you know, I talked through it, and he was like, "I really like what you did here. I like what you did here." People are just willing to help you. Yeah. Um, they're willing to give their time because it. I don't know. Like we're all sort of weirdly bonded over war dollies, right? Yeah. 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 It's 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 one of the. Yeah, it's, it's just one of the things that just, you know, like, you have so many points to, like, intersect here, and I think a lot of people, like, it just resonates. It's just, you know, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, so, uh, catching back up on chat gang here. Oh, hey, uh, hey, Adam, uh, welcome. Uh, beer's all around the Midwest meltdown. Uh, <laughs> wish I could drink beer, I miss carbonated drinks. Right on. Vodka martinis. I'm sure you'll be able to mix up some var- martinis or there'll be a bar at uh, Midwest Meltdown. I think there was a bar. There was. Uh, we're not switching venues that I know of. So, um, Yeah, so you, sh- you should be covered still, Soren, I think, uh, for your grudge with Magro. Um, yeah, so so I guess um, I guess uh, we can just kind of get into the, to the, the heavier aspect. So 
So when I talked about my broken hand, now that's not an invisible disability. If you'd have seen a cast on my hand at the time I broke it, uh, you'd have been, he has a broken hand and you would have, you know, maybe held the door for me, helped me carry my display board, you know, whatever it is. Like when you see, you can see these visible disabilities. Um, we're, we now as a, like culturally, we've always kind of thought that the brain was somehow disconnected from the body. I've done a multitude of episodes on like the mental game of age of sigmar we talked about psychology we've talked about health and wellness um i love talking about these like age of sigmar adjacent topics um and one of the things i've mentioned is that like the brain isn't not physical you know it's it, it the brain is the brain is very much a physical component it's it's it exists you just because you can't see it you can't see the bones in my hand right now um like you can see the cast to tell you it's broken. And so when there are disorders like personality spectrum disorders and that sort of thing, like, like, it's not that like, it's not that it's any less valid. And this is something that culture, I think is beginning to shift that we're realizing that, that like, you know, imbalances in, in, in just the brain, not working right. Right. Or, or, or emotions being, being sh muddled about or shifted about because of whatever it is. Right. We're, we're, we're looking into it every single day. There's, do they're doing great signs. And I'm not going to pretend to be smart enough to know it. Um, but we're 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 making strides to to the, like understand and realize that that people have these under the surface uh, 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 disabilities, and one of the well, I guess what when we're talking invisible disabilities tonight, what are, what do we mean, Nick? Uh, so I will only speak to mine because I can only share my felt and lived experience. Um, I had up until what well, what up until recently was called Asperger's syndrome but is now just called high functioning autism and because it, it's all lumped into the autism spectrum of disorders let's talk about how much of a mind f it is to to realize the thing you've been you've defined yourself by since 94 all of a sudden doesn't exist anymore uh, but i would be on the autism spectrum of disorders i have what what is now called high high functioning autism um, that's why i'm terrible at eye contact and why i don't really respect social norms um uh <laughs> I may play up to that at some point, but um, I mean, there are other invisible disabilities, you know, depression, all, all flavors of mental illness. Um, yeah. mental, I don't know if mental illness is even vogue term anymore. Yeah, um, I, I don't know either. Like, uh, we'll, 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 we'll use the very politically minded um, neuro atypical folks. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've been through a lot of cognitive therapy. And so, like, just some framing. I don't know. I mean, like, the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon Cooper is like the only Asperger's like hero we have, and I think he's a terrible example of of who we are as people. Mm. Um, and and it's so ill understood that I mean it can go very different, you know, here and there. Well, for for a long time, we actually thought that like that like a, like Asperger's and like and uh, soci and and like being a sociopath were like the same thing, you know, mm -hmm. like we yeah. we were lumping them together and. You know, we're only the like you can't actually get a well, and then psychopath is different from that. You actually can't get a diagnosis of being a psychopath until after you're 18. By the way, like like we just we have like we have legal boundaries to understanding various mental uh you know like you said mental Ill, uh, illness maybe isn't the vogue term but it like we we've we've been evolving the laws <laughs> on this stuff like yeah. we've been we've been we've been looking into science and like autism as a spectrum disorder that's relatively new um, mm -hmm. in, 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 in the sort of like history of like, uh, of, you know, human 
diagnosis. Um, we just, you know, like, oh, he, you know, he's just weird, right? Like, yep. you know, like, what kind now? Uh, it's gotten yeah. a lot more, you know, like, it's gotten a lot more in depth. But, like, again, the brain, like, to, to, I don't want anyone to take any anything away from like a from 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 a disorder just because you can't you know see the cast uh, that you know it's it's important to understand and so um so you're you're on on the spectrum high high functioning what is what exa- how does that exactly present itself in in your case because um, again so it, it, it's a broad spectrum lots of people mm-hmm. might end up on different points in this so yeah so uh so like for instance i'm really i'm overly sensitive to Sights, sounds, smells, textures, feels, uh, tastes, um, like velour really offends me, uh, which is a weird, <laughs> weird thing. But like, so you you could never be the velvet velour. You could never be uh, the man with no name, Zap Brannigan. <laughs> no, nope. Uh, uh, particularly like we have. Um, I, so so, we... so Zap Brannigan cosplay out we can't do our partner yep. cosplay of like yep. me kiff use that brand again all right it's out not, not a thing um <laughs> so so it generally presents like uh people with formerly what was called asperger's syndrome that we called little professors like we we develop language skills early um we tend to be overly articulate overly pedantic um our level of specificity is inappropriate for most contexts um like for instance um, the other day, this is this is a situation that happened in my life. Um, at work, we have a rule where we have badges, and if you badge someone else in, it's a terminable offense. Um, and I've started to pick up that I, like, I'm becoming more cognizant of how I'm different, because a uh, a woman who we'll just call society's conventional definition of attractive said, "Excuse me, sir, can you badge me in? My badge isn't working." And instead of doing the Midwest polite thing of "I'm sorry, I can't," and here's why, I just said, "No, I can't do that." And and that's that's very different. It's subtly different, but it makes it puts people ill at ease because they're used to having some sort of like apology or explanation for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she sort of she was like, "Well, I really need to get somewhere." And I was like, "I really don't give a shit about your problems because I don't." <laughs> um, and I, I just don't. I don't. I don't care about her problems, and and I don't know her, so I don't feel any sort of obligation socially. And then she sort of raised her voice at me um, to shot some hurtful things and I just threw my hands over my head and said I need an adult three times very loudly which I've learned is a great way to de-escalate any social situation um, because because, <laughs> because it really gets everyone's attention yeah. and people hate being stared at yeah. and I don't, I don't necessarily mind it but it presents to me like I have I would say intense interest in four to five different subject areas mm-hmm. to the exclusion of all others mm-hmm. um, which is why uh which is why I really like uh, getting back to the Sigmar community, like the ability to go to a two-day event or a four-day event and talk exclusively about one of the things I care about yeah. at length. One, one of the four or five things you care about, <laughs> yeah. 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 At length uh, with people who also want to talk about it, it's just, it's empowering and and re- relieving. Yeah. When I like... Um, you've you've met my girlfriend. When I talk to her about Warhammer, I can like I don't notice her eyes glaze over, and she's too polite to tell me to shut up. Well, <laughs> so. I, I mean, like, I mean that's the thing is like that's also like a nerd thing too. So like, and and being like you know being invisible, like we just think you're you're a nerd being a nerd, and you're amongst you know like like that's also a nerd thing too. Is you just like you just 
at some point don't recognize that people have like checked out. And I, yeah. I think some people, I mean, that's not to say like you can't like, you don't have like, it's, it's not that you don't necessarily possess empathy or anything like that because empathy mm-hmm. is sort of like a, a, it's, it's a trained thing. It's a learned thing. You can learn to go, Oh, this is not appropriate or I should feel <laughs> bad. Right. It, like, yeah. Yeah. Because one of the, one of the, um, you know, one of the old understandings of autism is like, oh, they don't feel empathy, or they have emotions, but they don't know how to express them, or... Uh, well, like, we're very capable of understanding why things are weird. We don't feel that they're weird. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can logically understand that something I've done is awkward, mm-hmm. but I don't ever really feel awkward about it, if that makes sense. Like, I can be like, oh, other people are embarrassed for me. Yeah. But I'm not really embarrassed. Uh, we often get accused of, like, not accused, um... We, we will emperors do clothes people, if that's a, a metaphor I can use. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, we will just, we will be like, y'all naked, you know, like, <laughs> um, so we like, we just call out, like, uh, we will, I have learned through the years that there are things you just don't do, right? Like, I'm going to share with you the, the most important revelation of the last 12 months of my life. Okay. Um, so, guy I work with, his name's Derek. We've had a few jobs together. Great guy. Love the guy. Super, super amazing human being. Derek has many children. I don't care about his children. And it is very hard for me to, to like actively participate in conversations about his children. Mm-hmm. And I thought this made me a terrible person because everyone else seemed so interested. Until somebody pointed out that like no one really cares about those things as deeply as the person talking about them. Sometimes just part of being a person is caring about things that people you care about care about even if you don't care about them. Yeah. Like realizing that my feeling was relatively, and I'm going to use a loaded term here, normal was sort of empowering. Yeah. And, and that's to bring this long tail back to the Sigmar community. Just knowing that like, like I, I want to play hard, right. Referencing earlier. um, I'm not necessarily skilled enough to play hard. Um, As Brandon would say, I've wrecked a couple Ferraris. (laughs) Um, Yeah. but like that's how I want to play it. I think that's okay. Yeah. And and there's a place for everyone in this community, and it's just sort of like it's welcoming in a way that I mean we're sort of like more functional juggalos, if that makes sense. Like, Ugh. don't lump, <laughs> don't lump us in with juggalos. You rumped two whole Ferraris, Brendan says. <laughs> <laughs> like real real quick rabbit hole. Um, you you actually just uh. We'll come back like we'll pin this juggalo business here um <laughs> we'll just put pin the juggalo business here um yeah so uh soren here he's he's uh, one of his children is autistic social cues are hard for an autistic person to pick up on the hard part is knowing you have to adjust your thinking to take this into account when you are raising an autistic child and so like i mean I, and i i have faith in the in the community to like be woke and and become more aware of of other people and that's part of the reason i think we're we're doing this show is to just raise some raise some awareness in in how you approach other people when you approach the game because this isn't just like about people with disability or 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 whatever or sorry disorders um this is about like sort of improving the age of sigmar game and community experience for everybody in a manner that is just going to be beneficial and give each other like the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's really what it comes into is like, is you, there is, you might not pick up on social cues, but we can sort of establish the social contract and like mm-hmm. whatever, 
it ends up being, you can go, oh, this is the expected thing. Like, you can codify not picking up people's dice, right? And not mm -hmm. need to understand if it's socially awkward or not. You know, yeah. These are things we can do as a community. Mm -hmm. Being on time is, like, a very basic very basic thing that shows like respect for the opponent and respect for the game right like there are things like this that like that are like socially like like one in one sort of area it, you know this is what's right socially and then you can actually go oh game wise boom and then you just like and you just move that over into the social sphere too and go hey now these things are all all, all appropriate and and then i think part of it is having a tolerance zone understanding mm -hmm. that everyone approaches it a little bit differently um you know what's right for you might not be right for them but but having some sort of like, some sort of understanding, the social contract is really, I think, the best way to put it. Well, the, the best way I've heard it described is, you you could never be certain of the wars that are going on in someone else's head. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, just for for autism spectrum disorders, I believe the rate of appearance in that in in broader society is one in two hundred. I'm willing, if I were a betting man, which I am, I'd be willing to bet that that's closer to like one in fifty in nerd communities, right? Probably. Um, especially for when it comes to like in Magic the Gathering, right? It's it's a game of rules, and people on the spectrum love rules. They love reading. They love committing things in memory, right? Yeah. Naturally good at it. So I think that we could just all be a little bit, you know, more understanding. And I try to be, but so I recently got uh, some helpful critique from Boy Wonder, where he was like, "You," I was like, I always ask at the end of the game, like, "How can I be a better opponent?" Because I may not know I've done something to offend someone, so I like to ask, right? And this is something you've—I don't want to say harped on, but brought up a lot—is like I'm responsible for my employment, my opponent's enjoyment, right? That's part. I would of say game. I wouldn't say you're responsible. I would, but I would say that that there is a—it's a controllable element. You mm -hmm. are you are fully in control of 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 helping of, of helping the game be better, uh, like of of making a more enjoyable experience, even if you're running filth. You can yeah. still make the game enjoyable by not, like, gloating over their demise and when something yeah. breaks the wrong way, laughing in their face. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are a lot of things that you can be in, you can you can control to make the game more enjoyable, regardless of, 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 of what level you're playing at. But yeah, continue. So I like to ask every opponent, like, what could I have done better to be an opponent? Um, Brandon gave me some great critique. We played recently played at a team event, um, and I was maybe a little awkward. Uh, but Boy Wonder said to me, he's like, you know, he's like, you're very expressive with your face when you're not happy with something. <laughs> um, and I won't necessarily repeat the term he used, but I should probably pay more attention to what's happening up here when I'm staring at someone across the table from me because they're probably looking at me like, oh, this dude hates me right now. <laughs> so, if you got, like, so I, my, uh, I, I, I don't know if you can tell us on the camera, my, my eyebrow, I have like the, uh, who's the, uh, the actor, he's got those like really fuzzy, high pointed eyebrows. Abe Vigoda. Um, is that it? Old guy. Yeah, older gentleman. Yeah, like I've got like the uh, the eyebrows kind of like that, like maybe Vincent Price and even where like my I just have these peaks on my eyebrows and like a natural like just sort of like I just have like that natural like intense look uh, right right especially around the eyes and I often uh, stand with my arms crossed when I'm like thinking. And so, if you're, like, basically any time my opponent's turn rolls around, 
and I'm beginning to process what I'm going to do next, what, like sort of observing how they're moving around the table, I naturally cross my arms and I just look down and at that exact angle, you're going to catch the peaks of the eyebrows and you're just going to see a scowl. <laughs> and, like, and and it's something that I've I've had to be aware of with my body posture and like it's it's hard for me to overcome it because it's so body mechanics are just natural like sort of like training they're they're the most you know there's a reason it's called muscle memory like body mechanics are just you know you've learned to stand and walk and do all these things a certain way so like i cross those arms and i just go like this and uh one of my favorite pictures of me from midwest meltdown is actually maybe it's bruce city brawl uh, that uh yeah your girlfriend took actually um is me just like and i'm in it and rather than like crossing my arms my hands are on my sides instead and like so i've adjusted the posture from crossing the arms to putting them in my pockets or moving them to the side and my new trick is to put my palms on the table and like lean in so that like i'm engaged in the game and so like i've just been like i'm currently i guess what i'm saying is i'm currently experimenting with uh with my body mechanics to try to like figure out something that like doesn't seem to stand offish as like going like this and like frowning and crossing my arms and looking down at the table <laughs> yeah yeah um i i mean my face is gonna do what my face does and i yeah. don't know maybe i need like a mask or something like a like a coronavirus mask um too soon too, too soon, soon. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um no i i think uh no, I, I think just being aware of like body body mechanics and posture. Faces, faces, right? Like I can't, I can't do anything about my eyebrows. Like I just can't. Like they're they're gonna naturally furrow, right? Like my my <laughs> brows are just going to like do that. Um, you know my my eyes and just how my whole face is set. It's gonna do that. But like I can control where my arms are and what I, and saying stuff. And some people don't want you to just like be yakking the whole time. They're like thinking and moving, right? Yeah. And that's just Fair. like you can. I mean, part of it is like reading other people's body language too. I mean, it could be a little bit of a trap because again, if you're looking at my face, you might not get a, a full understanding of my reaction. So like, I know this is crazy, but just like talking to your opponent and like establishing mm -hmm. some like decorum at the table, picking up on, on their habits and what they're doing as they're playing through the game. And like, and like, I don't want to say like copying their habits or whatever, but like, but like going, okay, like this person you know, like, you know, they, they think it, they're talking to me while they're moving. Oh, well mm -hmm. then, okay. Then it's probably okay that I do that same. Then I talk that I talk to them while they're moving too. Like things like that, like picking up on those little like social cues. These are things that can just help you have a better social experience, experience while playing Age of Sigmar. And I think that's, that's important, especially when you have, you know, you don't know what people are, you don't know what war is going on inside somebody's head, you know, uh, you know, talking about the game is a really great respite for everybody though. Like, mm -hmm. There's a reason I committed to two two days that weekend to play this game. Like I'm, I'm more than willing to talk to you about Age of Sigmar. You know, I I I want to know about your army. Like this is the time to have those conversations you can't have with your significant other at home because they don't give a shit about your game. Mm -hmm. Well, and, uh, and not only that, but like one of my my first real event, uh, Brew City, the first Brew City, you have some you have Bryce get up and tell you know speak very very vulnerably about a situation that affected him, you know, losing a friend to a mental health suicide. Right. Right. And, and he spoke so very openly about it that it just sort of welcomed people. Like it made me feel like if he's willing to have that conversation in front of a large group of people, he either trusts those people implicitly, right. 
mm-hmm. or it's just you know it's just okay here. And um, I mean, I think he's I think he's a hero for putting on those that effort. Uh, you know, yeah, and he year he, year. he runs the charity for um, um uh, for for uh prevent suicide uh, Milwaukee, right? Like he mm-hmm. he that's the event he was he was working for, um, mm-hmm. and and or working for the charity he was he was collecting for, I should say, and he did a great job with that. Um, and to share the, the personal story and the personal, uh, uh, element, I think just made it, I mean, I was tearing up. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, like, I, 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 I bet you a majority percentage in that room has like knew where he was coming from, because I do think that, that in a sense, you know, you, you talked about like, uh, you know, I, people who maybe, uh, like on on the spectrum, or or uh, or um uh uh like you, you like gravitate towards the game. It's rules and it's it's focused. Um, you get a you get a certain percentage of people who are socially marginalized gravitate towards nerd things, right? Um, you get a certain and then you get a certain percentage of veterans, uh, who love to play war games. And I think every single one of those groups of people has some struggle with with a with a mental mental disorder or or an invisible disorder mm-hmm. absolutely and so i i think it really resonated uh with everyone and like and that's the thing is like i don't need i don't need or expect anybody to like um like share their story if they've got one like that's not the expectation you know but to know that you're you're welcomed i think goes a long way too and to know that people have been through what you've been through, um, you know, I, I had someone today uh, tell me that, like, uh, they literally just sent me a message. They're like, you're awesome. <laughs> I'm like, what? And they're like, you're awesome. Um, I think it's awesome that, like, you're brave enough to share these stories. He's like, I can't do that. But, like, you're awesome and thank you for doing that. And I'm just like, noted, you know, and and that's why I do it is because I saw somebody I respected in actually the D and D community, um, start being like visible, right? Like visible, vis- visibility is like, is the issue. That's the problem we're talking about. When I wear the, the, going back to the cast on my hand for my broken hand, you know, I broke my bone that you can't see. It's so much harder to like, just see that somebody, ha- what, what someone's struggle is, what someone's, what someone's disorder is. Um, and, and so like, saying it is really all we can do right um and that when i saw this this person in the D community say it out loud i'm just like i'm gonna do that going forward because when they said that i didn't feel alone anymore and i knew that like if i say it there are gonna be people who keep scrolling because they don't need to hear it but there's gonna be like three or four people who stopped scrolling and needed to hear it needed to feel normal like you mentioned earlier like you had that moment where you're like it was affirming. It was empowering because you're like, oh, this beha- this thing that was always like I just didn't necessarily understand. This was normal for me. This was empowering, and I think that's what it's about. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and and it's one of those places where. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bring it back to the juggalo thing. And, <laughs> oh, we're back to the juggalo uh, thing. Well, the reason right. I bring that up is so I I don't I don't understand juggalos. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> I don't either. I don't. I don't either. And I, my only disorders are like, dep- like depression and egoism. Right. Right. <laughs> well, like I, I used to always like. They used to actually literally make me angry. I would see them. There's something in my neighborhood. They, they drive around in a golf cart blaring ICP, and I'm like, this is dumb. 
Um, and I still think it's dumb, but I don't crap on it anymore because I'm glad they found a community, right? Like I'm glad they found a place to belong. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs a community. And, and let's be, I mean, you mentioned a, a, a lot of different people who gravitate to wargaming who mm-hmm. I would classify as in some way socially dis- disenfranchised. Yeah. Right. Like we have vets. We could assume there are, there are lingering issues with vets where they need to find some sort of community. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think that in some way, every every person who who gravitates to a, I'm sorry that you like ICP, I bought, I bought what was it, Riddlebox in like 98, put it in, and it was like... Mm, no, no, well, this this could go in the canon. Uh, it, like, Mephisto hates... what? Run it back, chat gang, what do I hate? The, all the things I hate. Um, I hate Star Wars, I hate Harry Potter, uh, we'll add, uh, we'll add ICP to the list. I, I hate ICP, uh... But like, but no, you're, what you're getting at here is a point I, I truly believe in. Like the, like the nerd tribe thing, right? I, um, this is something I, I recognize pretty early on. Um, like at, at some point, you know, it, it happened with console wars, I think is where I identified it. Or might've even happened sooner with DC versus Marvel. Would at, at some point, maybe it was Star Trek, Star Wars. At some point, I saw someone, like, drawing a line in the sand. And this was, wasn't even really, like, my active internet age. Um, it was, um, it was like, I'm like, they love their thing the way I love my thing. You know, I just, like, it's like, what the, like, that was, it was just this, like, I know it's a really stupid epiphany, but that was the epiphany I had. Was, like, they love their thing the way I love my thing. And then, like, I just couldn't, like, truly hate them anymore. Like, I, like you know, like, I, whatever the divide was, was the console wars, Xbox versus PlayStation. I don't remember where, where, where I had the epiphany. But it was so... The reason I don't remember where it was is because it's so pervasive that it just rippled through all the tribal divides I've ever seen in yeah. anything. And just went, if they love the thing that they love the way I love it... This goes for Age of Sigmar currently. I can't mm-hmm. hate Zeech players right now because I know Alex, Dr. Alex Milones, who, who was your partner at, at, at Havoc, um, because I know my friend Andrew, Andrew Yells. And any time I begin a discussion, like, to Drew just hate Zeech players, any time mm-hmm. my brain go, checks into that mode, which happens, it's, it's visceral, it's primal, we're emotion, we, many people are emotional creatures, like, it, it happens. Anytime that that happens, my logical brain goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You said Zinch players. You know, like, 100% of the Zinch players you know, like, in your inner circle, are great people. Like, mm-hmm. and you, like, you, you, these are people you love and enjoy being around. What if other Zinch players are like them? You know, and then, and then I stop that thought because I recognize the love and I just go, that's all I care about. The passion. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just, if you're passionate about the thing, I almost don't give a shit about what it is. Well, hey, it's, and it's entirely possible to to play an absolutely filth list and go two and three with it. I've done it twice. <laughs> You've been scratched the Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Uh, David here is one of the more tarks of meth. Soren's one of the more tarks of meth. Uh, Started that Patreon. Thanks for uh, thanks for you guys bringing it up so that I don't have to. I have a Patreon now. Everybody, go uh, go support me on that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's fine to hate hate Zinch. By the way, 
Like, like yeah. what I'm saying here is like, don't hate the players. You know, never, never hate. Don't hate the players. Hate the hate the ball. Hate the. There's a there's an old. May help me out here. What is the expression? <laughs> the game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Don't hate the players. Hate the game. Like I just like don't take it personal. Don't don't mm-hmm. ever. And I I don't mean like don't ever take it personal. Don't ever take it to the personal level. Don't ever hate on players. Don't ever hate on nerds that don't like the thing you don't like. Just just like that's just draw the line there. It's it's actually fun. For me to like hate on Sigmar, Archeon, and Zeech. I enjoy making fun of those things, right? Just like it's fun for me to pretend that I'm a soulless, evil monster who just wants to collect your bones for like tax purposes. Like, uh, like that's. Pre- pre- yeah. Pretend? <laughs> pretend? <laughs> pretend? Question where the, pa- the voice pitches up. Like, okay. yeah, like it's. it's like I, I, I like it's fun to do that stuff, and so by all means, continue to meme on the stuff. By all means, continue to meme on the stuff. Just like don't take it to the personal level. Don't attack the players. You know, don't ever go that way. You know, we can think Zinch is out of line, but like, uh, Zinch players and bandwagoners and you, you shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that stuff. Like, no, I mean, if you and, if you see somebody who like dipped a bunch of horrors in like pink house paint. To put sure. on a table. And sure. It, right? Well, hobby it's shame, though, by all means. Hobby shame, uh, canonically, <laughs> we're okay with here on, on Rantcast. Uh, like, by all means, hobby shame them. And, and and like, that's the thing. Like, if someone's like, I don't, you know, I don't really love the army, I just want to win. And then you just go, mm-hmm. you're passionate about winning. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that kid. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I hate the game the game triple h <laughs> we got chat gang going off now all we had to do is say zinch three times <laughs> B- brb ordering a siege army <laughs> i don't know i i don't i don't think zinch's reign at the top is going to be as long-lived as like slanesh or 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 as brutal as uh as flesh eater courts there's my like hottest of hot takes I think they're way out of bounds as an army, but I don't think their reign of terror is gonna like last that long. Uh, not with not with pointy elves on the horizon, right? No well, and elves, it's, it's, it's not a, they they win with shooting, and there's a reason shooting went away because shooting is swingy and requires you to stick your neck out. Now they have this amazing safety blanket. They have two of them, of of destiny dice and horrors, but when it gets right down to it, that's what they've got, and then they have all the downsides of shooting. And so, like, like I, I don't think they're, like, the game is still very much a combat game. And because they're just, like, the weird shooty army, it, it's only a matter of time before they just fall right back in line. Um, it's great that good shooting's around. It's a good equalizer. But, like, I there's my boldest of bold predictions. I think people's anger from existing boogeymen has never diffused. It's just leveled up every time for the new boogeyman. And it just keeps getting to, a, like, a higher and higher level. Um, it's fine to be upset with the game because the things are out of line and they should be called on it. But like, are they really that far out of line? You know, I don't think they are. Are they so far out of line that you can't go to a tournament and enjoy yourself? I don't think so. Well, and I mean, let's be honest, like just talking about going two and three, am I going to run into a well-piloted siege army after round one? Depends on how you're doing. Um, probably not. <laughs> uh, 
so it's really a, a non-issue for me. I mean, like, Siege is, is strong, but it still takes some modicum of skill and strategy to play well. Uh, like, one mistake and ten horrors die, and then Terra Geist gets in your backfield, and it's yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. Pit your oh, fucking cool. models. <laughs> Frank, DNA. Uh, hey, leave my Bretonians out of this. <laughs> Like, I don't I don't want to say like people are crying wolf I think a little bit too fast I disagree <laughs> I disagree I'm gonna chew up uh, a pack of hubba bubba max gum and spit once <laughs> onto 32 mil basis and have a change host army I I like that <laughs> yeah do that and again I'm not like I'm not like being an apologist here for Zeech. uh if you know anything I hate them a lot and like I like meme hate them they're like I hate Zeech. Perhaps the most of any iconic character in Age of Sigmar because I hate that just as planned fuckery more than anything. I you like do you remember the like do you remember Gargoyles the cartoon? Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah. They had a what was his name? Zan, uh, Zan, uh, Xanatos was his name? Okay. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Okay. So the main villain of 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 of, uh, of Gargoyles was a guy named Xanatos. There is a trope called the Xanatos Gambit. Which is having a overly complicated plan that 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 was hinging on you on the good guys succeeding, but in some way it played off. You expected them to succeed, and in some obtuse Machiavellian way that they were supposed to, so that like it 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 was part of your plan to begin with. It's. So it's like- like a rube goldberg machine of plans <laughs> yeah 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 and that's and that is zinch dot jpeg that's all zinch is and i freaking hate it and anytime they're just like oh yeah like and then the, they did the thing and there's like just his plan like like nagash's plans are like long-winded and you can see the con you know like you know okay he's He's moving a grain of, 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 of desert sand one molecule at a time with skeletons and building an upside-down pyramid to hit the button and become super powerful, right? And then, like, you're like, oh, yeah, that was a long con, but, like, I see the payoff, and then it failed because fucking rats show up. Whatever. Yeah, I was just saying, he would have gotten away from it if it wasn't if it for it wasn't rats. Like rats. yeah. And you go, <laughs> okay, this tracks. Like, even with, like, Catacro, uh, no, I don't want to spoil it, but even with the redacted story out of ever chosen book redacted like it, it like even like catacross you go oh like i get the con here like z just this like it's it's so fucking absurd like the the backflips in logic they have to do to say that that paid off for him that i despise it <laughs> so yeah no it's not I'm too like, early to hate zeech <laughs> well and, and the thing the, that's and, and and heretic you're not wrong you're you're not wrong about this like my great anger with Zinch, if you listen to some earlier rant cast as Zinch was coming out and being spoiled, like I just had my arms crossed and was like, I'm so conflicted right now because I want to preach patience because I've done it for every army up until this point. I even did it with Flesh Eater Courts. That's my story of like, of like, I think this is way too po- Like, I'm like, ha ha ha, I'm happy Flesh Eater Courts is the most busted thing in the game. And then, like, two weeks later, I was just like, not like this. You know, I was just, like, sweating. Like, that's my, like, progression through Flesh Eater Courts. With Slanesh, you know, Slanesh was a little bit of a slow burn. And by the time it was, like, there, it was just 
it was over for everybody who was playing a combat army, right? Which was basically everybody. Like, but it was still a slow burn to get to that point. Then it was there, and then it was like, I don't... Okay, they're saying shoot the heroes, they're saying shoot the heroes. I don't think that's how you do it. I think you kill their battle line. And, like, I'm working the puzzle in my brain. Uh, I'm beating Warhammer Weekly with Be Beasts of Chaos and uh, Beast Claw Raiders... Uh, with Halo piling Beast Claw Raiders, and they're they're on Zinchin or they're on uh, Slanashin. you know. I think I just I just think like I, like it's the problems are obvious, yes, but the solutions aren't, and so like that's what when when I'm pre I'm preaching patience, that's what I'm talking about. I think is that that like the solutions aren't obvious. It's easy to see something's a problem. I become more interested in wondering if there's a solution. Now, it's bullshit to say the solution is going to be a future release. I don't like that. That's no. power creep. That's the bad thing, right? We don't want that. But, like, with, with like, Bone Daddies, I go, the solution already exists in the existing books. You know, and I just, like, look back through the armies. You know, Skaven have really great answers to our army, you know? Like, Fire Slayers have pretty great answers to our army. Daughters of Cain have pretty great answers to our army. You know, the 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 entire War Clans book has pretty great answers to our army. Like, I can look at existing armies and go, solutions exist. Um, But, like, and, 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 like, and so as Zinch was coming out, I crossed my arms and I went, mm, because I had, what Heretic said very, very early on, was we've already seen this before and that's my great problem with siege it was like we got a six month break from change host being the fucking busted garbage it was before we got a six month break and then like it wasn't even that like they had a bad army they just had to like make a new army with their with their endless spell spam garbage and then like the endless spell spam garbage was coming out in 2.0 they were playing that not their old skyfire change host like, not their old, like, that version of Change... So, like, they, they switched off the old version of Change Host to do the Endless Spell Spam thing. And now we've gone, like, back around to, like, they're basically playing, like, the old Skyfire Spam. Plus they have the Endless Spells. Like, that's the thing to me that caused me to be angry about Zeech. But wanting to hold really hard to this line of preaching patience and not running to say the sky is falling. So I have to explain myself there, uh, everybody, so that I'm not taking out of context to say... To have people go on the on the internets and say, He said Zinch was fine. This guy has no clue what's going on. That's not the take. It's just I wanted to hold hard to the line of of patience with armies and not rushing out uh to tell everybody the new Big Bad Wolf is here with every single fucking release. Because honestly, it's tiring. It happened with Slaves to Darkness, it lasted two weeks. Fucking over. Nobody gives a shit about Slaves to Darkness. Apart from Slaves of Darkness players, but nobody's like, oh, there's fucking Slaves of Darkness. And they went too far with the Nurgle nerfs. Because everyone was like, just boom. It's the worst. Like, really? That much the worst? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, didn't Slaves just took, what, fourth and eighth in a 100 player event in Belgium, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're fine. No, it's, I mean, that's the thing. It's a, it's a good book. I don't think they're overpowered. Um, I think they went a little too far with the Nurgle nerfs, but I'm still expecting a Nurgle book this year. And I think Nurgle, the Nurgle book is going to be pretty awesome. Because what does Nurgle do well? Uh, they're fast, and they say fuck you to shooting. I think they're going to be a really, like, they're, if their rules are correct and their points are correct, they're going to be a good army. 
Like, so I have faith that Nurgle's going to be good. Seraphon's the one that I'm, I, I don't know about. Like, Seraphon is a fucking wild card. Like, they, they're just as likely to get that book wrong as they are to get it right. Um, yeah, fair. One, I, mean, I guess we should, we should couch this in. All this discussion is basically about tournaments, right? Like, speaking about the community again, I have all of the power to not set up across an army that I don't want to play. Right? Like, yeah. I go to my local game store to get a game in, and somebody brings, I, I bring a fluffy list, and somebody brings a nails siege list. I can be like, I don't want to play you. Yeah, and that's perfectly okay. Well, I, I Paul uh, Paul Conti, Radio Free Hammer Hall had like a video like the meta doesn't matter, um, something along those lines, and he made some points in there I disagreed with, but he he, he had like a general point he was kind of spiraling around that I kind of agree with. Um, and I'm not going to nail the nuance quite as well. I'm not going to like paraphrase it as well as I should. So maybe go watch that video um, if you if you want more if you want to know more. But um, it, it's uh, it it was like essentially like the meta doesn't matter because like and, and what he was getting at is like essentially like eighty percent of the people who play our game probably play in an LGS capacity. You know that that might be a, even a conservative estimate. It might be it might be more playing in an LGS capacity or with their friends and stuff like that. Um, so like the meta for them is whatever's at their store, right? Like they're not playing in what's called a blind meta. They know all the commodities at all times at that, at, in that LGS setting. Playing with your friend is very similar, except you have like plus one to the social score to like fix those interactions with your LGS. It is fully within your power to go. I want to play this type of game. And you just like, Hey, anyone want to play a game on Saturday? Hey, anyone, I'm experimenting with a list. Anybody want to, like, experiment with this type of gameplay on Saturday? Hey, I have this idea for a narrative thing that I want to do. Where, like, I've made up this cool new rule about, like, some terrain shit, like, fuckery. Like, who wants to play that? Like, you, it is fully within your control for most people to kind of dictate their games in, in, in that respect. And at a tournament, at a competitive event, I would still posit most players there aren't aiming for top tables. I think most people there are wanting to walk away with a winning weekend. And then there's like a, there's probably a, and then you've got like, so you've got the, the minority percentage is probably people actually trying to win the tournament. I think the majority percentage is people who just want to have a winning weekend. And then I think a larger percentage than, and then I think a mid percentage are people who just want to drink beer and throw dice. I, so I think that that's still like a good percentage of people. Hey man, I go to I go to like seven pirate dice tournaments a year and happen to play five games of Sigmar at each. Yeah. 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 Like uh Yeah, I mean there are people who want to win and that's fine, right? Like as long as you're not a D bag about it, yeah. we're cool. Yeah. I played yeah. Z- I played Zach Lamb back when Clown Car was a thing, and he shot fourteen hundred points of my army off the table before I got to make a move. Still had a blast. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I, and that's the thing is like, so you, you go to a, you go to a tournament and then I, I think that you're still, because this community is awesome, we've got this sort of social contract. I think you can still kind of control having a good, good experience at tournaments and, um, spoiler alert for the vast majority of, of, of people, you're probably not a top table player and that's going to just shift your, that should shift your expectations on the, on the face value of like, you know, um, I'm not, you know, I think I have the capacity to be, but like. I'm very much a three and two, four and one kind of guy, right? I'm always playing. I'm often playing on the top tables. 
uh, at the end of the tournament to have had a good weekend on the last day. Like, I've taken a loss somewhere early on, and then I'm playing for that 4-1 or or the 3-2. and two. Like, and then I've... That's where I all, almost always end up every tournament. Um, and part of it's I self-comp. I try to play, like, lists that, like, play to my personality a little bit more. Part of it's uh, I drink a whole lot. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, there's... <laughs> But, like, it's, I think it's important to understand that, like, even if you run into the this is filth busted change host, the average player you're going to run into isn't that top table filth busted change host player. Now, there is something to be said for playing a UP 1.5 army against top of the line 2.0 filth and knowing that you have to play your fucking ass off and all they have to do is push their models forward and they kind of get to win. There is something to be said for that and that is not a healthy experience and that doesn't feel good for anybody involved. No, like, like it, it, I went two and three at Paca. My game, my game two was over bottom of one because I just shoved three keepers into a daughter's army and dismantled it. Um, and I'm sure he didn't feel great about that. But, like, I mean, I, I'm one of those people. I bring abject filth to tournaments. <laughs> but, like, I, uh, the, the point I'm going to, like, ultimately land on here is, like, is, like, even if you're the abject filth bringer player, um, it's only going to get you so far before you get pushed back down for our yeah. number two rip. Like, you're, you're rip. not... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, like, uh, but there are, there are people like Brendan who will tutor me and help. Like, I went four and one for the yeah. first time in my life at Circle City last year. Yeah, yeah, and and coming back to what like, uh, heretic here, um, I I think the the robust meta thing is happening right now. I think we're in in this the the fat middle era that Vince Venturella talked about. I think that's kind of where we're at. I think we've gone a step further to be a sort of robust living meta. The rock, paper, scissors is here, the RPS. Like, I think we're in that meta now. Um, at part of being in that meta, in that robust meta, is understanding that you're going to have good matchups and bad matchups. Because you're going to have, you know, someone's going to be the paper to your rock, and you're going to be the rock to somebody's scissors. Right? Like, understanding that is going to go a long way to helping you have a better experience. And, like, I'm not telling you to get good. Like, that, that, you, like, that would over oversimplifying the nuance I'm trying to put into this but it is very liberating to understand you're playing a bad matchup and then just throw caution to the wind like yep. it is liberating to know that like I, I t like when KO was coming back out I was just like hell yeah like it's the worst it's the worst army I had ever personally played against in 1.0 uh, Zinch I didn't mind playing against because I was running Nagash, and I said, fuck you, use all your Destiny dice. Like, checkmate. You know, like, yeah. like, and yeah. so, like, whilst they were, like, a filthy, busted army, I still said, I don't give a shit, use all your Destiny dice to try to unbind my spells. You're not going to. You know, like, I just, let's go. Um, it, so, like, but KO had the Ren 2 shooting and the ability to one-drop and just, like, take my Nagash off the table just like that. Nothing I could do about it. But, like, because I played that opponent all the time, I just, like, learned to, like, live in, like, I'm just like, 
fuck it, let's go. You know, like I started to tailor my list to beat him, which I think is a natural in the in the local meta, like scene. That's naturally what ends up happening. If the best player in your tournament in your local scene is a Boulderhead player, you're gonna think Boulderhead is the best fucking shit in the world, and you're gonna start tailoring your list to beat Boulderhead, and and you're gonna like. And I think that that's what ended up, that's kind of what happened with me and KO. So when like KO got like just shit canned coming into 2.0, I was like, oh no, my like greatest rival's gone. Like I felt bad, you know, like, 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 cause it's, it's, it's fun to feel like the underdog actually and throw caution to the wind and play hard and like play recklessly and know that you're not like playing that chess battle of two masterminds who are evenly matched. Sometimes it's, it's, it's nice to feel like you're the underdog so that you, you can take the pressure off yourself and try to play hard. I'd say, like, a lot of times it ends up being harder to feel like you're the one who's supposed to win, and then you lose. Now you second-guess every fucking decision you made and, and start to feel bad. Like, so, I mean, this is a this is a, a long tangent off the main 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 topic, but, but like, I, I think it's, 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 we've approached this, this wider, this RPS meta. And as soon as people go become okay with accepting the hard L, you know, mm-hmm. at the like at the list building phase, you're gonna you're gonna liberate yourself to start playing better. And not to say you're gonna get good overnight, but you're gonna you some of the like mental blocks that are there at the table when you line up against an army, you're like, oh, this one beats me, Ugh. and you just like punt the matchup before you even deploy. Now you're gonna go, oh, okay, they've got the advantage. You know, this is a 70-30 matchup. This is a this is a 60-40 matchup. And then you go like, okay, now I know that, like, their list is better than mine or their army archetype is better than mine. But, like, I know my outs. And I know my reckless strategies to beat them. And that just becomes a very... a, a lot better. And, and as long as there's not, like, an army that just 90%'s the field, that, you know, that's fine. 60-40s abound, 70-30s abound that's fine you know and it's just and then it's that rock paper scissors you know even spread of armies that beat each other and counter each other because like you might be holding the l for somebody else but somebody else is holding your l and now you just got to dodge them mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, or, like, or or learn to play the matchup um, as, as as somebody who plays an abject filth slanesh list with three keepers i set up across from sean clark or adam tronzo or boy wonder fielding skaven with at least six storm fiends that's an uphill battle, right? Like I'm going to lose two keepers before I make a move or, if, or before I get into combat. And that's just the thing that can happen. Um, somebody you can't pilot, like, but Skaven, I think are incredibly hard to pilot. Well, yeah, no, you're not um, wrong. So it's, it's simply those people. I've played other Skaven players with six or more storm fiends and absolutely destroyed them. Cause they have no idea what target priority to go after. Well, and, and mentioned earlier on in chat is like the average player, skill level in age of sigmar is 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 pretty low and that has to that's a product of time um it's really hard to play a ton of games of age of sigmar and like hashtag get good you know one game is a weekend for you you know like just practice unless you have like a club that is just like always grinding out games like it's it's hard to get in a bunch of games you have to commit to that as the plan for the week and then going forward um as a magic player, I can just goldfish. I can go on MTG Arena. Like I can get in my reps, man. I it doesn't take me anything to do twenty games of magic in a week. You know, nothing. Just time. And that time ceiling is very low. 
Like, um, same thing with, like, Street Fighter, you know? Same thing with League of Legends. Like, it's really easy to, like, get in that, like, in that, like, requisite amount of time. With Age of Sigmar, it's not so easy. So it can take you a long time to build up that sort of next tier of knowledge for your army. Um, this is the benefit of, like, just playing your army through the filth and playing your army through the, the, the ebbs and flows. And you're going to get that deeper level of knowledge, and then you're going to have sort of a a uh, quicker startup in learning the next army. I mean, so it's it that's you know you know playing every other Wednesday. That see, even that's like kind of a low amount, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like you have people playing like three or four times a, like like a week every other Wednesday. That's that's two game that's two games a month, twenty four games a year. Magic. I I played twenty four League of Legends games in like in like two days <laughs> you know like um yeah well then you have your savants who play like what three tournaments 15 17 games a year and take home first place well yeah i mean and 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 you know there's something to be said for savants there's something to be said for like people who are just good at rules and systems you know like um you know i came into uh my friend sam he was my best friend growing up whooped my ass at everything. Like we all have that one friend who just beat us at everything. I'm a better AOS player than him. Um, mm-hmm. Something just clicks for me with this game that clicked for him with Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Like there's there's no other way to describe it. Like Warhammer Fantasy Battle clicked for him, and for me this game clicks. And he's a great he's 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 smarter than me. He's a he's a better writer than me. Like he's he's a great guy. But I'm like just something with this game clicks for my brain. Um. It's 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 like the beautiful it's like a beautiful mind like I'm Russell Crowing it I just I just see the field is the only way I can describe it, um, and it makes me a, a competent player not hyper competitive but competent. Um, I mean most most of my games every year are tournament games because I like I love this game but I stay for the Midwest community mm-hmm. like that's why I'm here so I don't I mean I may bring abject fill to tournaments but two and three. <laughs> two, and three <laughs> two, two and three still. Two, two Can't hate on that, right? I'm I'm personally doing my my part to drag down Slanesh's win percentage on LLV stats. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> smooth horns are rigid. Yeah. Um, what the heck? Yeah, competent versus competitive, I think, is a, is a good distinction to get people, like, used to, to hearing and understanding for the game, for the game. I think. Um, it, it takes away the feels bad of, like, sort of the, the different, like, places where you might land on that scale. Um, so I, I think it's important to, uh, to, like, kind of rewire the brain a little bit when it comes to, like, Age of Sigmar. And, and we're talking about that, bringing it all the way back to our core, our core, uh, you know, topic tonight. Um, setting up just, like, basic expectations in a tournament sense. And a lot of that's already, like, a lot of that groundwork's been done for us. The, the, the tournament scene's already done a, a whole lot of that. But when you're thinking about, as you said, you know, what is it, 1 in 200, 1 in 400 um, are on the spectrum? Mm-hmm. And it's probably, I, I think you're right to say it's probably closer to, like, 1 in 50. It might even be more frequent than that. It could be, it could be 1 in 10. Like, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. You um, A couple people in chat were, as you were describing um your 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 disorder they were like oh yeah you just described a lot of me you know like and and so like it's 
it's it's probably more common than we realize and a lot of the science is is developing even now and 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 a lot of our understanding as a society is developing now it, it games uh like the this game though has existed and already has the benefit of camaraderie community and family like it's already it's all, all that groundwork is laid there and as long as we're just like we just sort of rewire our brains a little bit and go hey people could be gaming with invisible disorders i am going to be conscientious of my opponent that that war in their head whatever it might be and i am going to take the responsibility myself to be a little bit better a little bit more accommodating and if everybody does that great right mm -hmm. i mean I'm not, I'm not saying go far enough to like throw a game no time, but like you know just have that sort of like i like to have a chat at the beginning and i've added in some things like i may say things that are a little odd feel free to point out if i'm being a dick <laughs> i may not know yeah right yeah. Like, uh, this, is, this is how i play like to me it matters um i'm trying to tighten up my game and I, I like to sort of discuss that sort of social contract at the beginning. Like, you can play a loose game, you can play a tight game, right? Like, yeah. I like to measure, I like to measure fairly tightly. Um, mistakes go one phase back, right? Like, um, something I learned early on is like tell your opponent what you're rolling, what you need to hit, what you need to wound. Yeah. Um, I don't like to, I don't like to ask that question multiple times. And nothing, nothing gets me madder than when somebody throws a bunch of dice and says, "That's fourteen wounds." Yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. Well, no. This is this is a gaming by intent is what you're kind of describing. Um, I, yeah. as much as I want to know every army in the game, and I am a talking head on the internet. Um, I don't. Um, you know, if you ask me a question about basically any death army, I'm just gonna probably gonna rattle it off and no, that's my area of expertise. Um, I am. I have a really strong knowledge of beasts of chaos and many chaos factions because of like my love of beasts of chaos but what, as you begin to move away from the armies i play the next layer of knowledge is the armies i am intent on beating and my friends armies so like that's the next tier of knowledge and that's a pretty in-depth knowledge and the more and then the, the more you move away from that the less i know about your army like so so like now idk i know idk in and out like i don't even play the army but Haywo does, and I've had to play him a bunch, and I took one loss to IDK once, and it was unacceptable to me. So I just, like, <laughs> I learned to beat the army, and I've never lost to them since. <laughs> like, I just, I refuse to lose to Ida-Death Deep Kid. Um, <laughs> like, so, like, I yeah, learned their army. Fish elves. Yeah, fuck those elves. Like, <laughs> like uh, no, so, like, IDK I know pretty in and out, because I just, like, I refuse to lose to them, you know? And, and, but that's me my brain that's how my brain works it's like i fuck, i'll never lose to this again like i don't mind if i lose to i i beat myself or like the dice aren't in my favor but i'm never losing to not knowing their abilities that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah. i'm never losing to that um but like gaming by intent telling people like okay i six inch charge you know like and i like to defer to my opponent so when i measure out you know the charge distance i'll be like is that six inches because I think it looks suspicious, or that could be seven, right? Like, I mean, oh no, that's six, that's seven. And they're not a dick for me giving them that choice. You know? Mm -hmm. I'm seven inches? Cool. As long as we know what I need to roll on the dice, I don't give a shit. As long as we know. How many of these can attack? 
Yep. Yeah. Is that guy in or not? You know, I put my com. I like that's where I grab the combat gauge. They've got a one inch. They've got a one inch reach. You know, that happens when they're on the diagonal. You know, like you, you, like I know they fight in one rank if they're one inch, but he might be a little bit out because he's on the diagonal over here. What do you think? Mm-hmm. He's in yeah, or he so- out? Yeah, doesn't matter. If I've given you the choice, you know, I'm deferring to. I'm not deferring to you. This isn't like asking you where you want to go to eat as your significant other. I'm like, oh, do you want to go like eat at McDonald's? Oh, I don't care. And then you go to McDonald's, and they're like, I don't want McDonald's. That's not what I'm doing to you at the table. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm if I'm giving you the option, I actually don't give a shit. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't give a shit. You can tell me six, you can tell me seven. Like, mm-hmm. I play with horde armies usually. I don't care. That one guy does not make a difference. If your care, if your thing lives by a single wound, bravo. It's an intense yeah. game. Intense game. <laughs> like, on, on, the, on the other side, if you're, if all of a sudden pylons become five or six inches, hmm. we're gonna have a chat about that. <laughs> right, 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 right. And that's the thing is like I, you start to watch people like do this knuckle down or no measurement stuff. Like that's where you, that's where you gotta go. Like I, I mean, I mean, I know you know your measurements, but I'm terrible at distance. Uh, could you, you know, just maybe like use your combat gauge so I can tell, like type thing like i just say that like i can't eyeball distance whatsoever that's why i don't play warhammer fantasy battle that's why i wasn't very good at warhammer fantasy battle i can't guess artillery ranges i'm fucking terrible at that same so i'm not even lying to you when i say could you just measure because i'm terrible at guessing distances yeah i picked up i picked up this tip from tom mcclure hey that's really cool that's really cool is that how that works like can you show me yeah, asking, asking rather than telling them, right, is a big yeah. is a big part of it. Um, I I try. Um, other times I'm like, that's not how that works. Right. Yeah, and I'm trying yeah. to stop that. Yeah, no, like asking asking the question rather than telling is is really important because also like worst case scenario they're going to look up the rule mm-hmm. because they might misremember it, and that happens sometimes. You misremember your own rule. And they're gonna look it up. You know, it's it's the trust but verify, right? Like I'm tr- I'm trusting you, but like, you know, explain it to me. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where this it, playing by intent, uh, just establishing the intent of the dice, essentially, right? That's important to go. This guy, these guys need, you know, these guys need six inches of charge. Boom, we measured it. I I mm-hmm. deferred to you because it looks on the line to me. Is that six or seven? I don't know. You go okay. It's six. It's seven. Whatever. I didn't care. I asked. Like. Same thing with, like, when I go to roll my clunk of dice, I go, these are twos by threes. Twos? Cool. Uh, these are twos by threes, re-rolling ones. Okay, yeah. ones? I'm grabbing the ones now. Like, I just, I announce all that stuff. So, okay, grabbing the ones now. These are the ones re-rolled. Uh, I also worked at a casino in surveillance, though. And I wonder if that has anything to do with how I naturally approach dice games. Saying the words. Uh, we, we talked about, on the LVO recap episode last week, um, like craps is the wargamers game. Like it's just a dice game. It's it's all just straight chance. So like craps seems like it's just the the natural game if you're a wargamer. But like, um, like I find I clear my hands, which is a blackjack dealer thing. Like when I when I'm like, uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so like uh, declaring intent, declaring like what what you need. I think this is just healthy practice for Age of Sigmar, part of the social. And to bring it back to the topic at hand, it really helps people like me. Because you may assume that I'm able to read your intention. I'm not. 
like telling me what you're doing is super important to me and makes me feel included in the game. Yeah. When I say playing um, by intent, I mean announcing intent, by the way. Announcing yeah. your intent. So continue, continue. This is a great point. But more like the, uh, like, like it comes down to like, obviously I was going to do that. Well, when you say something like that as an argument as to why you should be able to go back and do something, it puts me in the position of, well, it's either, it's either a non-obvious point or I'm an idiot because I missed an obvious point, right? Uh, so I just, I don't know. I feel like talking through most of the things and like I played a, I played a game once with a guy who was really overly emotional to a lot of the things that happened in the game. Um, and I just don't, I don't get that. I'm not that person. I don't really, I don't really resonate with that amount of emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, but we hadn't talked about anything and it got down to in turn five, he was like, Oh, if I had made this move in my turn, I had the bottom of five. If I had made this move in my turn, I would have won. And I was like, it's really awkward that you're asking me to take back a move you made on your turn in my turn. That loses me the game. But you obviously need this more than I do, so feel free, right? Well, I that that see that's that's a weird that is a weird situation. Um I'm trying to it's hard to set hard lines or hard rules on takesy backsies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um it's really hard to do that. Mostly, I've I've come down to what I call the game state. If the game state has advanced, no. Yeah. Um, if it's, but, and and I've actually softened on this recently. We're talking in the last month. I've changed my opinion on this. R rather, this tournament to the tournament before last. In, in that mm -hmm. span is where like I've I've had a lot of time to sit and think about it, and I've had a lot of discussions, especially around like the the notion of AOS reminders. Uh, parody in gaming. Like, I want... What I ultimately want in Age of Sigmar is parody. I want that player base level to rise up. And mm -hmm. I think we do that by educating the players, helping each other out, out, so on and so forth. I want great games of Age of Sigmar. I don't want to win because I gotcha Like, I want mm -hmm. great games, right? And so diluting out the, the gotcha moments and getting rid of the, like, stuff like that. And part of this is, I want you to play with all of your rules available. You know? Like, I forgot to Hagnar Cup, or I forgot to, like, Sippy Cup my, my, my Witch Elves in the hero phase, and I'm about to roll dice. Have it. You'd have done that. Right? There's there's no way you wouldn't have done it. Because you forgot to do it, like, I'm not... Whatever. You know? Like, movements then become, like, once you get around to my turn, a movement becomes a little bit harder to swallow. If it's just a, oh, I want to screen you off this objective, and so I'm going to move my guys, and I say that, we know that you have established the intent to screen these things just on the edge of that six inches or whatever it is in a nice little circle, and so mm -hmm. that, like, I now can't get to that six inches. You said that, and you went to move your guys. And we get around, and we're playing, and we're playing, and we're playing, and now I go to fight you. And it could be two turns later, and we notice that that one skink is, like, one inch in, and I can get one model in there, huh? No, 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 no. You said to me two mm -hmm. turns ago, that was your intent. Like, we, I know now. And then I go, oh yeah, dude, move the model. Fine. Yeah, we know. We know. Um, I'm not interested in, like, the pedantry of gaming. I, yeah. you know, like, I'm not, the, all these, like, little, little micro, like, granular transactions of the game don't personally interest me because I, in general, one, I'm secure, I'm pretty secure in gaming. I have ways to have my fun no matter what. 
You know, like I just I it, it's cool. Um, I have my own internal issues and struggles, but when it gets right down to it, I know I know how to have fun with my games. And so mm-hmm. like I don't have anything to prove. So so like that just relieves a burden of stress for me at the table level to begin with. Um mm-hmm. beyond that, like I I just I just think it's it, it doesn't... Like, if this were an RTS, all these calculations and shit we have to remember all the time would just be done for us. And then we would just be clicking the map and beating each other on like our ta- on the strength of our tactics. Right? And a little bit of chance and luck in the RNG. And I, I think that, like, sort of letting the game sort of, like, simplify down to that level by helping each other out only improves the game. It makes the, the, the games run smoother, quicker... Announcing your intent, super important as part of that. Announcing that I was trying to screen this objective in this way, and then you went, ooh, but did you? <laughs> and twisting your goatee at me, I'm not, like, come on, no. Like, we knew what I was trying to do, or I know what you were trying to do, depending on what I what end of the table you end up on. So what I, the hardest rule I have is game state. Meaning, once models have begun to get removed. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can really quantify that. Or actual full-on movements in a certain direction or something like that. Once you've begun to, like... It's like the hand off the chest piece. You moved a bunch of models over that way. And then, like, you go over here. And, like, you move them. And now we're getting into the combat phase a turn later. And you're like, oh, shit. I would have moved them over there for the combat. I'm like, that's harder for me to swallow. Than the, yeah. I would have screened this this way. Because, yeah, so like... We, yeah. Yeah, so, like, that was... We don't know where they were. <laughs> yeah. Like that one's harder. Yeah, that one's harder for me to swallow because it's it's harder to be like, well, where were they? Now we have to reverse engineer it. Like once you have to start to like kind of reverse engineer it to play it, then it's then no. If it's just, oh man, I should have cast that spell. Fucking cast it, dude. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like you had the ability to, or if you forgot to move a guy. Like mm-hmm. fine, move them all. You know, like things like that are where where like you're getting to play with all your ability. The parity is being achieved. Fine. I want you to play with all your stuff because I don't want to walk away from a game and go, I only won because they forgot this, this, and this. Well, like, so like I Did- play at low enough tables to where I agree with that entirely, but I totally understand if somebody at a top table is like, you know, mistakes go out of phase, right? If you forget something in a phase, that's the way it is. But, but- that's a, that's their social contract at their table, not. Sure, sure. I but the thing that made me reassess my opinion of all people was uh, Brad and Andrea from Detroit Warhammer. The Twitter yeah. interaction—they're the ones who made me change my opinion because I was a lot harder line on it. And then, like, I played Brad at uh, at Midwest Meltdown, and like watch like his efficiency with the gameplay and stuff like that, writing on his little like dry erase sheet. I'm just like, huh, this isn't the boogeyman like you you believe him to be. He just wants to play great games and win and like mm-hmm. i can respect that but he doesn't gotcha you he wants no. you to play with your rules like, he wants you to have your rules and like hearing him be like oh no man just like if you were if you had to cast the spell just cast the spell and like seeing it be like honest and just like say it from the, you know i'm just like that made me feel more secure too because like then i'm like oh who are the top table players we're going to play in our scene brendan anyone from detroit Adam Trunzo, like, you know, it's a pretty good list of, like, some really great players, right? Um, and I guarantee most of them aren't just gonna, like, nickel and dime you out of the, off the table. Um, and, and that was very, again, it's, it's me getting rid of that Magic the Gathering mentality. 
you forgot to what? attack with that creature and move on. You know, like yeah. you. So the... Go ahead. Oh, bring it back to the topic at hand. I had a super awkward moment at last year's Circle City. Um, two of my buddies that were on on my team um, just had a horrific day one. We're ready to like rage quit the hobby, right? I coaxed them into coming to day two. Um, so round five, we're fighting for not last place, and we're matched up against Detroit, who is going for the tournament, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, this is going to be the worst. They're going to rage quit. They're going to play these guys. They're going to get absolutely raffle stomped, and they're just going to leave the game forever. And the irony was they had the best game of the tournament against the guys who beat them the hardest. Yeah. Right? Like, they, they all set up, you know, they they uh like just the tightness of the game the communication like communication. you're right they're not they're not the boogeyman and it's i think some of the problems are like my buddy mike uh played a siege player who was who was playing rules very very wrong yeah and uh and he just you know much like i don't know that rule right but if something seems overpowered i'm gonna ask to see it he just let it let it slide the guy was doing the destiny dice replace thing but when he would use a six, he would replace it with a six. He wouldn't roll a new destiny die, and that's got to be demoralizing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but when you play with people who know the rules, you might get beat, but you're gonna feel that you got beat entirely fairly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Real quick, like, uh, you can uh, you can tell like I personally don't ask for takesy backsies myself mm-hmm. because I want to learn the hard lesson. It's the only way my brain will remember it. Mm-hmm. Like, if I forget to do the thing, I I point it out, and I don't ask. I specifically mm-hmm. say, because I want my opponent to know that I'm better than, than what I just did. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, I, my insecurity at the table is proving myself. The, to myself. That, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I'm pretty secure in knowing how to have fun at the table. But in trying to just always be a better person, always be a better player myself, I need to learn those hard lessons. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things where, like, I won't ask for the take backsies personally. Um, now I need to uh, catch back up on chat gang here. Um, <laughs> Soren's, uh, his darling is having flowers delivered tomorrow at work. Remember your lovers for Valentine's Day. Mephisto, make sure you get Nagash something nice. Uh, I already have. Uh, it's buried in the backyard. I mean, moving on. Uh... Talk to your opponent, be civil, and uh, so Heretic says, uh, yeah, just talk to your opponent and be civil uh, and friendly so it goes smoothly and enjoyable for all. Uh, the dice tell the story, so when all you need to do is roll and explain the part of the story uh, for the game moves, it's like a well-written fable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where are we going? Uh, chat gang, chat gang. Uh, Marok Wolf has been... Uh, gushing over the War Llama, so we will talk about the War Llama. I've got the War Llama up, uh, because, uh, you cannot escape its long gaze. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, I- I'm gonna be ordering one myself. Uh, probably not in the relative future, because it just, uh, we got a pad our bank account right now for, uh, uh, the-, the loan thing going on, so we just can't spend money. Uh, so you just gotta, like, leave the funds so that you can prove that you can buy the house and that my credit is as good as it looks and my DTI, my debt to income all looks as great as it can. Uh, so I'm not, but once, once this all, all goes through, hopefully, um, I'll be ordering myself a war llama down the line. Cause this is going right into my beast of chaos army. Uh, it looks amazing. 
Uh, fight me IRL, you won't if you think it looks bad. I'm not in the Vince Venturella camp where he thinks it's the greatest model they've ever made. Uh, that's Catacross. Uh, but, but it's pretty cool. It's up there. I like that it's just, it's just fucking weird. I love it. Um, and it's pretty good. It's 100 points. Go on. Those might be fighting words, because the Mock Rush is pretty badass. Mock Rush is great. Mock Rush is certainly, like, in my top 10. It really is. Um, like, that's, that's not even, like, uh, like, being, uh, you know, like, playing favorites here. Um, I think Mock Rush is a great model. It's one of those, like, distinctly, like, hell yeah like Warhammer well, models. And it's it's the dissonance, like, you look at it and you're like, that thing flies. And I love that because going into the lore, it's the book specifically says uh, even gravity is afraid of mock rushes. But I like the point. <laughs> even uh, gravity is afraid of mock rushes. I like to pull in the 40k lore and think that it's because the orc on top of it believes it can fly. Yes. Well, I don't, I, see, I, I don't really like that lore so much. I like I don't like them orcs being a meme. I like them being good. Does that make sense? And yeah, that's fair. Orcs in Age of Sigmar are good. Like they're just they're brutal but cunning, right? Like they are <laughs> they are as advertised, and I, I really enjoy that. Like I want there is nothing I want more than to see Gordrak like punch Archeon in the in the mouth and just <laughs> whoop his ass. I want well, I want him to like take Archeon, lift him above his head, and drop him over his knee, like so. Like, I just, I want him to be a full, like, to them to have, like, a full-on fight that breaks down into, like, a, a, like, a freaking wrestling scrap. Where, and just, Gordrak <coughs> could just pummel the shit out of Archeon. I would well, love like, that. Well, if you like the, like, the wrestling heel style dynamic, like, Gorka Morka... Once, once punched a mountain so hard that it exploded to prove to Sigmar that he could punch a mountain so hard it would explode. Oh, it's great. No, like, he's got... Like, he is a WWE wrestler. I don't think he's a, <laughs> a, a heel, though. I think he's a face. He just solves every problem with violence. That is wrestling. Like, yeah. it's great. Like, okay, like, oh, like, you stole my girlfriend. Let's fight. Like, you know, like, it's just, like, every problem, like... Oh, social constructs have broken down. Like, you know, we're having a we're having a disagreement about the the custody of our child or a car. Fight! Like it's so great. Like wrestling is a world where violence actually does solve everything. It is totally <laughs> a contrast to our reality. It's the best. Um, and Gordrak is like he is Hulk Hogan. Like he just like solves <laughs> he just solves or like some not shitty wrestler. Um, like he he just. <laughs> He's the rock. Like, he just is is the power personified that just destroys shit. It's great. Um, yes, more, more rats, please. I want Clan Eshin book, uh, hopefully this year. I'll settle for it next year. Um, all my chaos needs to have a Slanesh mark. I don't think it's going to get uh, marks. I, I don't know if it can be marked. But it is a Slaves to Darkness model, and therefore it can be allied into Beasts of Chaos. Um... So that's that's where the the war llama comes down for me. <laughs> Don't say that, Meph. We need to keep up appearances. What did I say, Javier? I missed it. Uh, that that they weren't the villains. Oh, dear God! Another another flight delay. Sweet baby Nagash. Violence is not the answer. It is the question, and the answer is yes. <laughs> you oh, should man. play orcs. That's a very orc, orc statement. 
Grim Slacker, F and AMF. I would pay. <laughs> I would pay real money, to, big money to see that. Ba break his back like Bane did Batman. Hell yeah! Like and but like think of the arc that you could do with Archeon if like if okay if Gordrax showed up and whooped the shit out of Archeon, would there be that like that like would you have to s get people to suspend their disbelief? Would they not believe it? Right? Well, no, he already. I mean. In the lore, right? Didn't a, a mega boss almost kill Archeon, but didn't because it wasn't sporting or whatever? Perhaps I don't know. When did that happen? I, I read that on like, one D four chan or whatever because I don't read the books. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I I don't know. Like I, I've never read a Black Library book in my life. Um, I all of my knowledge is consumed through like reading battle tomes and codexes and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and campaign books, which are pretty great. I think they're pretty awesome. Um. The, uh, maybe, I don't, I don't know. It might have been specifically Gordrak, but, like, nobody would question it if Gordrak just whooped the shit out of Archeon one day. Like, you might be like, oh, and points and models, but we know that, like, points and models aren't, like, a, a full representation of the lore and the narrative, right? Like, we just know that. Um, that's more an agent of game balance than, like, narrative balance. Um, because if it were narrative ba balance, Archeon would just have an ability that says he can't lose the game. Like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except to Gordrak. <laughs> um so uh, yeah, I uh I'm I'm ready for the year of destruction personally. Like I I want it to happen. This like I I have been uh I have been so pleased with these last couple years of Age of Sigmar. I got my LON book uh when I didn't know what like, coming into Age of Sigmar, one of the difficult things early on was, like, not having a book. And being like, oh, you just play an allegiance. And, like, figuring out the difference between allegiance, grand alliance, and faction, and having allegiance abilities. Figuring out that, like, stuff was just, like, like, my brain just, like, was swimming. Um, but, like, and then, like, and then LON happened, and then AOS 2.0 happened, and Malign, uh, Malign Portance happened, the story-driven event, all the Harbingers showed up, like, um... We got, you know, then the Necroquake happened and it forced an Age of Sigmar 2.0. Like, that's fucking metal as hell. Like, my favorite character gave you a new edition. <laughs> like, how awesome. Like, that's awesome. You know, and, and uh, it's been a good couple years for death. You know, I, I, OC, it, it's, it's OCR Bone Reaper showed up. Uh, Wrath of the Everchosen. I actually do like the story, by the way. If you watch the Warhammer Weekly from yesterday, um... I get really upset during the during the show, but you have to understand I'm playing a character. Vince is going to be the level-headed, you know, the level-headed, you know, arbiter, and I'm going to be the shameless homer for my army. Um, and then Tom is going to be Tom. Uh, the, uh, you know, I naturally don't like Archeon, but, like, when it gets right down to it, I think that the story in there, no spoilers here on anybody, it made them both look good. I still think Archeon needs some consequences. I, it bothers me that he doesn't have it, but maybe we'll get an, a, another story there. So yeah, but what, again, what he wants is an agenda I can get behind. Yeah, kill all the gods. Yeah, no gods, yeah. no managers. Yeah, no, it's it, I, fine. You know, burn it down, whatever. Yeah. But like, he's such a fucking hypocrite, and he's a weak sauce. Like, ugh, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like make fun of Archeon right now. Um. I have plenty of takes on Archeon. But the point is, is, like, the story is, like, good. Um, 
But, like, I'm okay with riding off into the sunset for a little while, letting just the Year of Destruction happen. You know, like, I really am. Like, my, my, my faction has had a great couple years. I got two brand new, 100% brand new armies with Night Haunt and Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh, give me vampires down the line, have Nagash and Catacros do some sweet shit down the line, but for now, Year of Destruction. Let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, aren't we, we're getting giants, right? Yeah, right? Behemoth, the Sons of Behemoth. Do we know that they're going to be Destruction, though? Because they're ish. Like, are they going to, like, like pull a, like, fast one on us and make them, uh... Chaos? Make them Chaos, because Chaos Gargants, or, like, Order... Because it's Hish. I don't know. Uh, Holly Bear has informed me that they're Destruction Giants. So okay. I'm just going to go with that. Okay, cool. Um, but, uh... I mean, <laughs> Forget... I'm, go, ahead. go ahead. I'm upset that, that that army's coming out because I don't I don't need a 7th army. Yeah. But I'm going to have one because Giants <laughs> are awesome. Death Giants. Hell yeah! Like freaking metal. Death Giants would be sweet. Um, I still want my bone construct giants, man. Gothazar Harvester kind of gets there. I just want more of that. Where's my bone construct fucking dragon? Like uh, ter- terrorized? No, it's a spindly weird derp monster. Like I want huge and like made out of. I want Dark Souls and Bloodborne monsters. Dot army. Okay, that's all I'm really saying. <laughs> all, all I want is. All I want is brutes with better than a six bravery. <laughs> we all, but giants, we all need giants. It's true. And I, 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 okay. So I say, I said like year of destruction. And I do believe that you can still throw a, uh, like the Skaven book in there. Cause it is the year of the rat on the Chinese calendar. Like I, if we don't get a Skaven book this year, missed opportunity. Every, every Skaven player right now is like, no, no, no. Our book's fine. We don't want to do one. Really? Really, uh, I think I think they're a, one of the toppest. I think they have the most answers to everything. Yes, to the no, book. you're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. Like Skaven, like everyone's like, oh, yeah, like OBR like out of line and like and like it's stupid that like new books had to get printed to beat them. I'm like Skaven, Skaven beats them. Yeah. Like Skaven just beats them. Like it's it's a really hard beat. Like the thing is, is like Skaven has a high floor. You have to learn that army. It's 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 a hard army to learn. But once you learn it, you're just like. Let's go. It's like let's go. So anyway, so anyway, I started blasting. So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a new one. That book is fifty percent trash units. It's it's got some it's got some filler in it, most certainly. Yeah, um, but the fifty percent that isn't trash is really good. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably better than most other books get. Like their their top end is so is so tippy top. Like Sylvaneth, Nurgle, they need help. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, how how soon is it too soon to ask for a new book for Sylvaneth? Is now too soon? Can we get a new Sylvaneth book, please? It's like, do you remember the writer's strike for television? Yeah. Do, you, do you remember, like, when TV, like, got really weird and bad? Yes. I feel like the Sylvaneth book was the writer's strike book. Like, we didn't hear about the writer's strike, but like, they just, like, the writer's strike happened, and, like, a bunch of interns wrote it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like they're the only like piece of chaos book not good it's we fine. can agree on that right it, but it's okay 
they're so, they're playable. It, playable no, it's things. it's it's not. This is not an A tier book, right? Like I think there's yeah. a lot more A and like A and B tier books than ever before, and yeah, like the A like you know like they might end up being a mono build, which is a failure of a book. But like when it gets right down to it, you still get an A tier army out of it. Beast of well, Chaos, the, go ahead. Uh, Beast of Chaos got better than before they had a book. Can we at least agree on that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sylvan Death got worse. Yeah. They're like the only only army that got a book and are objectively worse than the the dryad spam. Uh, yeah, teleport though, onto right? your objectives one 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 mega battalion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, good night, Frank. Hit hit him with some chat gang uh some chat gang emotes as he heads out. Um, no, I I um yeah I agree. I, I think it's the only book where the army just got worse. Um, it's. It's ugh. it's so sad. Like there are armies books that are like uh, missed opportunities. There are army mm-hmm. books that like made things that you liked worse. There are army books that like neglected stuff you were hoping that they would do well. Like all that's true, but like they're they've got they're like the one book where they got worse. Mm-hmm. And like the Sylvaneth players, like it's just ugh, man. I don't even want to. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't even really like li- like like linger on it too long. Like, but yeah, Beast of Chaos like at least got better and. The thing, the thing about Beast of Chaos is it was written in such a way to be modular, which is pretty cool. It, it's, it's, it's both the worst thing about it and the best thing about it. Because you feel bad because, like, you never... Like, the best way to play your army is to, like, go into somebody else's army, and that's just, like, kind yes. of a feels bad. But, it's like... Finished. Yeah, you go you go to Prave Drove. Actually, I think uh, uh, Breast of Spoilers Corn is pretty strong because you make up for a weakness Corn has, which is bad bodies they have great heroes they just have terrible bodies so you make up for their weakness and then they make up for your weakness which is you just don't have good you don't have good heroes in beast of chaos you don't have good heroes you don't have good monsters well and now you've got the slaves of darkness demon prince but that's what you do that's what you do beast of chaos you ally in somebody else's best unit to play your army the best Mm -hmm. like i'm I'm allying in bellacore and and uh and and the spirings essentially uh it makes my army a four drop army instead of a two drop army but uh it's 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 what you do. So agreed. Yeah, I mean, you know, my, like the 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 book has great battalions. The great battalions hold up Beast of Chaos, and you mm-hmm. have really good bodies. Bestigors are great for what they do. Ungors and Ungor Raiders are excellent for their role too. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, if, I own I own forty Ungors and thirty Bestigors because they're cool models, and you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a sweet book. So. Um, well, not a sweet book. It's a sweet army. I love the army. Um, I love sacrificing your own dudes to summon stuff. It's yeah. so metal. It's like the most heavy metal thing in the entire game of Age of Sigmar. Well, and thematic, right? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, it's great. Like, and then this weird thing happens where when people kill your models, you're mad at them for killing your models, but not because the models are dead. You're like, I was gonna kill those models. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like but, someone, someone kills a unit of ten Ungor with their accidental shooting, and I'm just like, no, that's ten primordial call, uh, like primordial call points. <laughs> I mean, here's my here's my hot take from my limited perspective. But when it comes to balance of this game, I think there are ten or more armies that are capable of winning tournaments right now. Well, I would like anyone to tell me a point in time where there were that many armies that could win tournaments. Yeah. Well, we we had like three three OBR lists in like a top 10. But then we had two 
other armies, like other armies like two-peating in top tens. And I'm like, a lot of, it's not just like Petrifax. Like they have the one extra list up there because of saturation. But like a lot of armies are competing right now. So that's not, you know, saying like, oh, there's no problem because a lot of armies are competing right now. It's just saying that the the meta is in a pretty great place when you're not surprised to see 10 armies in the top 10, 10 different armies in the top 10. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, these guys can totally win it all. Oh yeah, these guys could totally go 4-1. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, oh, three undefeated lists. Oh yeah, no, every one of those could do that. It, it's it's pretty great. And it's not just the newest books, you know? Scaven mm-hmm. and Flesh Eater Courts are still showing up. And Nerf- Daughters. Daughters still showing up. Yeah. Is Daughters even an AOS 2 book? No, it's a 1.0 book. Same with Deepkin, Well, it's, right? it's a 1.5 book, quote-unquote. And yeah, I think and, Deepkin's and, a 1.5 book as well. And, and well, I mean, Deepkin have, don't win a lot of events, but they're a strong gatekeeper army. Well, and that's and that's that's what they are. They're the perennial 4 and one army. Like, yeah. they're just... And they keep other armies honest, and I think that's where Ossiac Bone Reapers are going to end up with whatever change that may happen to them in the GHB. I think that's where they fall, is that as people solve the puzzle and whatever change happens that I think most people just assume is going to happen, uh, they're going to they're gonna end up a perennial 4 and one army. Like the Bridesmaid army. They're just going to struggle to win that last game. Like uh, Fire Slayers. Yeah, they're gonna, well, they're going to end up playing against Fire Slayers in the last round. They're going to end up playing against Skaven in the last round. They're going to end up playing against Zinch in the last round. They're going to end up playing against KO in the last round. They're going to end up playing against these armies that beat them in the last round. Um, Daughters beat them. You know, pretty pretty straight up. Like, it, it's an army that's... It's just... It's it's the it's the excellence of execution. It's the excellence of... It's just efficiency.army. But, like, efficiency only gets you so far. At some point, you need tricks. And they just don't have them. Yeah. <laughs> Leave Brittany alone. Leave Bone Reapers alone. <laughs> I mean, like, as as somebody who plays Slanesh, I feel like setting up across me, I'm just throwing ping pong balls at a brick wall. Yeah. Yeah, and that's okay. That's okay. Slanesh can have hard counters. Yeah, well, and that's that's the other thing is like you can have hard counters, right? Like it's mm-hmm. okay to have that like eighty that eighty two the the eighty twenty matchup, provided they have the eighty twenty as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think I, I, Bone Splitters beat you in like an embarrassing way, as as yeah. OCR Bone Reapers like they beat you in an embarrassing way, which is like okay. <laughs> like awesome <laughs> you're just like the green carpet and like and you just like run around in a circle around my army and like i can't do anything to stop this <laughs> and, and you know what way to dice beats you right so all the shots well i mean they they can shoot down a unit of 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 more tech guard because importantly they can shoot down so the first turn like they're basically out of range of repercussion so they mm-hmm. shoot down the support piece with the with the first with the first turn, and then the second turn, uh, they take off your pieces, or they start to like thin thin the unit, and they usually have something to like gum up the works to get in there. It could be a rogue idol, it could be a a, a unit of like savage uh, savage boys or whatever. Like they can mm-hmm. gum up the works with like this other just big stupid unit, uh, and then the whole time you're just getting shot. They 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 do some really good stuff. Um, no, it's 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 a really solid army. Uh, they have mobility and they've got tricks, and uh, they are underestimated on the quality of their shooting and combat. I think uh, as well, an army, just, just, bought, just bought a bonus for this army myself. 
Yeah. So bone splitters are like low key pretty good. In fact, the whole mod tribes book is low key better than people realize. I think, and that has to, a little bit to do with. I think IJ had a, like a jobber status for so long that people just like, oh yeah, they're jobbers still. No, no, yeah. no, they're not. You have to again. Same thing happened to them that happened to a couple of other armies, which is the way you were running it two iterations before. Because remember, we had that weird in-between time period, the GHB and Mod Tribes, where your army was completely different. Yep. Uh, it's your army's a, you run. It's a little bit different than what it used to be. <coughs> as recently as six months ago, two different iterations you've had to deal with, right? So, uh, you missed my. I missed your question of how do I feel about increasing the meta to three K points. I think from a time standpoint, that just isn't sensical. I I feel like let me let me speak as somebody with a visible disability, as a large person, standing over a table for nine hours instead of seven, is gonna make my back feel like like absolute trash on Monday, right? Like, um, it's the playing Warhammer. It takes a physical toll on you, which is strange because it's a lot of standing around and moving, but. I know when I get Sunday night, when I get home from a tournament, I feel absolutely wrecked. Same. Same. And, and I'm in. Uh, go ahead. Uh, just three, what's it, three, three and a half hour rounds for a 3K? Maybe four? Yeah. No, thank you. I well, love the idea. I'll do it on a Saturday, but not for a tournament. Yeah. I, know, I mean, I, I, I do it. I think we need to infuse more wacky, more wacky game types into <laughs> our, like, sort of, like, lexicon of gaming. I think that that'll give us a deeper appreciation of the game uh, at like, because you, you're seeing it from a different angle and a different light. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just think that like net makes it a better, gives you a better total experience of the game. And I, so I think like we need to embrace some one K playing a couple more one K tournaments and playing a couple more doubles tournaments and playing some three K and some 2,500 points. I think that's just all stuff we should, we should get into doing a little bit. I can't see the meta shifting to three K points. I just think that, you already have this barrier of like, okay, we talked about Magic the Gathering earlier. I can play 40 games in the time it takes you to play four Magic games, or four AOS games. Hell, probably two, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you're just, you're exacerbating that problem by upping it to 3K. Yeah, how many keepers can I fit in 3K? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think you'd see some interesting lists come out of it, but like maybe walk before you run and test 2500 grip slacker thanks for hanging on man or hanging out man um uh beer of rod <laughs> is that like beer and then like harad is also a uh a diablo reference i approve uh gave any thought to playing a phantasmagoria fate in a host of uh host arcanum or drop kairos flamers and raiders pregame moving it sounds strong and i think that um Phantasmagoria is the list I when I first got my B, my BOC book right right after it came out, um, Phantasmagoria Fate was the was the 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 list I was on. Like I just kept making Phantasmagoria lists. Um, and this is like a little bit before like Mark the Beastman and and Dan the Beastman uh, were tearing it up with like Enlightened on Discs. The thing that brought me toward it was like I played Nagash right, and so like I know the volume of spell casting I do as Nagash, like. Sometimes I just barely cast a spell on that six or seven and having everything in my army be able to unbind just seemed like a good idea, but also everything fits into Phantasmagoria. You can, every unit scroll 
in that book can go into Phantasmagoria. So it's just like a one drop. It just says pay 200 points to be one drop and then inconvenience your opponents. I'm all about that life. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> like, that's pretty good. Um, but then, like, I made a bold proclamation, uh, which was not a bold proclamation, by the way. It's a really easy proclamation to make. Zinch is getting a new book. Phantasmagoria is going to be great again. Um, Phantasmagoria kind of dropped off a little bit. I became an interested in Depraved Drove. And Brass to Spoilers. Brass to Spoilers is awesome. Like, uh, if you like... If you want, if you feel like Warherder just lacking that little bit of extra oomph, Brass to Spoilers, run as corn. Like, you get that oomph that you feel you're just missing. You get that that little extra last something that, that, that those Bulgors need. And so you start to really, like, fucking slap shit. So, big fan of that. And I don't see a whole lot of those, army, uh, those armies getting played. Uh, like, Beasts of Chaos seems to have fallen off of a cliff. Um, which is the, the worst side of the spectrum the other way, I think, of everybody's playing Petrifex Elite because they're told it's great, you know? And so, like, if you're just coming into the game right now, you just, like, parachute into the game of Age of Sigmar, and you're like, what army should I play? What army should I play? And you say, I like death, I like chaos, I like order, I like, I like, uh, you know, I like destruction too. Who should I play? And then, like, you get them to gravitate towards one of the Grand Alliances. They say death. You're probably going to point them at Ossiarch Bone Reapers. You know, mm -hmm. like... And, and by point them, they're going to end up on that army. It's it's a I brand know. new army. Everyone says it's great. I think the... Push them, push them towards Feck. What's that? I uh, Feck, Feck seems learner-friendlier. Well, I still think Flesh Eater Quartz, not in a straight-up matchup. Not OBR versus Feck. Because uh, you're alpha and they're attrition, um, like it's in a, in in terms of like the meta layout right now, where I see it kind of settling. I think Flesh of Courts has better has stronger matchups. Like you should beat the jungle, kind of on on strength of ability, and then when you get to those that when you get to that day two, when you get to the, your rounds four and five, I I think I like Flesh of Courts better down the stretch than I like. Uh, bones uh, then, then i like bone reapers it, like the the more i think about the matchups and who counters what i go i think i want flesh your courts here on day two you want bone it's it's a nice little dichotomy because you want bone reapers to get you out of out of day one but like in the stretch you want flesh your courts so that's a fun little internal balance within the grand alliance i think that's pretty pretty fun to think about um but yeah like beast of chaos is on the opposite side of the spectrum we're getting a lot of people playing playing the Bone Daddies because everyone says they're great. And I think a lot of people are putting their Beasts of Chaos on the shelf because they're being told they're garbage. And I think that's premature. I think the well, army's they had, good. They had a moment. Um, that one guy was running a bunch of uh, Enlightened before uh, the yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. is like The GHB came out and nerfed Enlightened and, and everybody shelved their Beasts of Chaos army. Moreover, Slanesh and Flesh Eater Quartz happened and Beasts of Chaos just straight up have a really hard time beating those armies. Oh yeah, yeah. Like and and the and the if you can't beat them, join them mentality begins to happen. And here's the thing: Beasts of Chaos wins are going to show up as other. Right now, Beasts of Chaos wins are going to show up as other factions wins. Mm -hmm. Because you're oh, yeah. you're probably going to play them as Corn. You're going to play them as Depraved Drove, which is Slanesh, and you're going to start seeing them as Zinch. But if you love those models, you still get to play them. And I think that's really, really the reason. 
I don't despise Beasts of Chaos. At the end of the day, the Beasts of Chaos conundrum is, my army is best when I go into somebody else's army, right? And, like, feeling like garbage for that. Um, I'm still playing with my models. And I think at the end of the day, that's the big win. You know, that's that's the that's the line in the sand I've I've always drawn. You should get to play with your toys. You know, when I've other things I believe come up and clash with that belief, at the end of the day you should get to play with your toys. That's the override to most arguments for me. That's what I come back to, that's what I default. We should have fun and we should get to play with our toys. Um Now, Beast of Chaos players get to play with their toys. That being said, I think Beast of Chaos faction itself is better than people give it credit for. Depraved, uh, Depraved Drove, uh, Brass Stampede, sure. Freaking Desolating Beast Herd is awesome. And you just got the tools from Slaves to Darkness. That army's been lacking to be a real power player. And well, by the got, way... Go ahead, go ahead. You got Crash Rack for that plus one hit. Oh yeah. That sexy plus one hit. You also had an abundance of Rend before. Like, you're just yeah. like, I get on two Rend and three Rend on accident, and I don't know what to do with the extra one or two Rend against most armies. One rend is usually there's a lot of five up saved shit. And like one or two rend two rend basically means you're doing mortals. Um and then like three rend is wasted. Like so it's like what am I doing with all this extra what am I doing with all these lines, this abundance of rend? Oh shit, Petrifex Elite just showed up. Hell yeah, let's go. Like yeah. um and then like the other sort of the other part component of it is like you have speed bumps for days. Cheap chaff is becoming harder to come by in quality armies. Um, and scout moves. Scout moves just look better and better and better the the more shooting armies show up. So you have these like little tools and tricks that just become pretty good. And by the way, 60 Ungor Raiders, 2 units of 30, I'd say 70, uh, for that one unit to scout move and just become a speed bump. Uh... Like, 70, 70 Ungor Raiders do a shit ton of work and cost virtually nothing in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, uh, why don't you, uh, if you have Twitter, uh, Harad, why don't you send me a message on uh, on Twitter and I can tell you my, my core list. El Clasico, as I call it. Well, and, and I think you're glossing over the fact that didn't a bunch of uh, Beasts of Chaos heroes get points drops? In GHB 19? Gor- Gorgon went down. That's the main change. Yeah. Doom Bulls, right? Oh, yeah. Doom Bull and Gorgon went down. Doom Bull is already kind of like, eh. Like, his, his command ability is not that, that great, and it's hard to set. Like, it's just, eh. Um, and so he's just like a 90-point point foot hero. And 90-point foot heroes are, it's just a bad role to be in. Um, like, he's costed correctly, but it's just a bad role to be in. Um, he'll surprise you and, like, fucking murder you. Uh, yeah. If you like, yeah. you know, like, but like again, it's just a bad role to be in. A single ninety-point hero killer model type thing is just, it's, um, yeah. The great, the great failing of Beast of Chaos is its monsters are poop. Yeah. Like that's that's the great failing of that of that book. And to go back to the like the problem with Beast of Chaos and Slaves of Darkness is you can play those models in other armies and only take the best, most specialized units, and it's a feels bad. But it's also kind of... Like, it's a double-edged sword. You know that your best models are always relevant, but you also feel bad because you don't get to play them in your army. And so it's just... It's it's just like... Eh. It, the the thing that I keep gravitating towards is like, all my Beasts of Chaos models are just as relevant right now as they were going on two years ago? When, when the fuck did that book come out? 
like like all my models are just as relevant as they used to be but like now i just have to go on somebody else's army to play on and god damn it i want to burn people on the herdstone it's so awesome <laughs> <laughs> Like, Fair. I feel like there's, like, two sides of my personality. You know, like, there's, like, my methodical, evil, like, Osiar Bone Reapers, Nagashian side. And then there my, there's my, like, burn my own dudes, run across the table, let's fight side, which is, like, beats of chaos. There's the, there's the let's, let's introduce as much entropy into this world as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, they're, both armies are accomplishing that. They're both, ar like, armies of entropy. Like, Beast of Chaos want to burn it down, and Nagash wants you to retur return to your natural state, which is death. Yeah, but... Death is so, entropy, right? And Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but someone, somebody told me just today that Order, as a faction, is the group of people who want to establish some kind of rules. How does Nagash not fit into that? Like, he wants to establish rules. He does. And Order. Yeah, he does. No, he... he like, it, like, that's the... That's the amusingly horrifying part of Nagash is like if he succeeds it's like just the most orderly neat world that you could get yeah like it's it's but like nobody has free will or like consciousness and like all these you know like or very yeah. select people get get free will and consciousness yeah but fr free will isn't all it's cracked up to be perhaps right <laughs> yeah 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 I, I yeah I, heretics you're not wrong man um, I, I feel like we could go on the uh, tangent of, like, our, our armies and talking about our armies for a while, but we have a rant cast to finish. Um, so, um, I guess, to, to bring it back to our, our core thing of, of, of Invisible Disorders, um, as, as somebody who has, you, you, you know, you, you've got your own, we've, we've mentioned it, um, what do you think is, is the way? What do you think is, just like, if you were to, you know, this is what I think, we, your idea, your, your best case scenario. Well, first of all, um, this is the first time I've ever spoken about this on this type of scale. So thank you for inspiring me to do that and inviting me to, part, to be part of this because it's it's edifying for my own self-esteem to be able to openly speak about. Like, there's not been a single joke or or anything like that. Like, I felt entirely comfortable coming into this forum to talk about this because this community is this awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the end game there is just I want to enjoy things that I enjoy and not have to... Like, I have a job. I'm a functional adult. It takes a lot of my cognition and, and mental capacity to actively be less awkward in public, right? Yeah. That's exhausting. Yeah, it is. Um, I really enjoy the fact that, like, we can just talk about plastic models and all the stories behind them for going on, what is it, three hours now? Um, Approaching, and, yeah, approaching, well, t yeah, t 220. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Close enough. Plus, I'm, plus, yeah. plus our pre our pre conversation. Yeah, and We're going on three hours. And I just like like I feel I feel at home, and I think that we have as a community. So like, the barriers to entry for this hobby are high enough, right? It takes an entry point. It takes money. It takes time. It takes a certain level of skill. It takes the putting yourself out there. Yeah, you're putting yourself <laughs> on the table. So I just think we have um, we have a duty to to the other people and to our community to to be as inclusive as we can because the barriers are high enough just having this conversation like somebody will see this and go to a go to a games workshop store because they'll google it tomorrow right somebody may see this and who needed to hear it and go buy their first start collecting set because they found someplace they may fit in right yeah yeah 
Um, so just, just like Bryce and like you and people openly talking about it, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm different, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I just think that having that active conversation and let's not even get into the, the political nature of this, of this entire thing where like, we don't have an open and honest conversation about mental health in this country to begin with. No, we don't. We don't, well, we, we don't think a mental health sick day is like a, a joke mm-hmm. that turns into a joke about millennials, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, well, we, we don't have, like, we can't control that. What we can control is this hobby. We can control our, our community. And let's self-police. Like, we had a trans woman attend in, uh, Indie Storm. And I was honestly a little bit worried that, I mean, let's be, let's be a little fair. I, I do stay away from politics. But there tends to be a little bit of edgelord in this community. We'll leave it at that. And uh, I, was, I was legitimately worried that might be an issue. There's there's some that guys. There's some that guys around, right? Yeah, there, there's some that guys. There's some there's some fedoras. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I mean, what you might call, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, continue, continue. The point. And uh, and I was worried it might be an issue, but it it just wasn't. Yeah. Right. Like, um, and I don't like knowing what I know about who I am. I had to do this thing where I, I was like, listen, I'm 38 and a straight white guy from the Midwest. I don't know what to do here. I think I'm supposed to ask you a preferred pronoun. And she was like, I do. It's she. And thank you. Right? Like, and, and just put yourself out there. If you think somebody's dealing with something, be like, just be, be you and be okay. I don't know. I, I just appreciate being invited on to talk about something that is life defining for me that I can't turn off. will always be that way. Right? Yeah. Um, and just being able to say like, I don't have resting bitch face, Isaiah. Um, it's just, just how my brain is wired, right? <laughs> um, right, right. And uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate this community. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do for it. Brendan, yeah. Bryce, Domus, everyone, Tom McClure. Like, it's just good to be part of something. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned, like, inclusion and the barrier. Like, the barrier to entry is, is all on. Like, it's already at a certain level. I don't I don't think you need to, like, you know the girl gamer thing was like something I was dealing with when I was doing games journalism for that, mm-hmm. that like stint where it wasn't trendy yet. So God damn it. Why did I parachute out of that? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the girl gamer thing, it wasn't even like Gamergate hadn't even happened yet, but there was still like, Oh, she just bought a Nintendo. She's not, she isn't, she's not a real gamer. Like watching that. I don't think our community does that because like you said, like if you painted, a hundred skeletons you know it doesn't matter who you are you there's you have nothing to prove you painted a hundred skeletons to play with us um Mm -hmm. and 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 the other side of that is like we we love our game so much we want other people to play it Mm -hmm. we we're like let me tell you how awesome this thing is i love i struggle to find people to talk to about it so the more people who play it the more Mm -hmm. people i get to talk to and i think that's a really really key thing and beyond that, visibility and communication. Because you, 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 when in doubt, just being civil and talking to somebody, we play, we have the, the, the beautiful benefit of playing perhaps one of the most social, like, tabletop games around, you know, like, mm-hmm. especially in a competitive sense. I'll phrase it as, like, one of the most social competitive games. Like, mm-hmm. it's, 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 
And when I say competitive here, I don't mean as the sphere competitive. I mean there's a win condition. Uh, like yeah. we 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 have this that, and so like use the social everybody. I like I will be very forgiving, like socially awkward. Like right, like I, I, we're all socially awkward, man. Like we, we like we've all got our our hangups. Whether whether you know whether we're on a on a spectrum or we've got our own like inner war or whatever it is or we weren't socialized the right way or we're just freaking nerds whatever it is we've all got our own social hang-ups but like luckily we have this thing to structure our 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 interactions around this game so just talk just just talk and and that that like announcing intent or asking intent of the mechanics can apply to other aspects of the game. Oh, what mm-hmm. type of game do you want to play today? You know, it doesn't have to be at a tournament. You know, what do you and and getting to know the opponent, having that short conversation at the beginning. Um, you know, they don't need to tell you their diagnosis, but mm-hmm. if if they, you know, if they are fighting that, I love that that war in their head that you mentioned because I think it just encapsulates whatever's going on. You know, if they they need to mention it, now you've given them an avenue to, mm-hmm. right? If I, I mean, hell, if I went to the game store today or uh, in two days, uh, I'll be like, like, look, uh, this is a bad day for me. Uh, I just want to play a game and forget about it. Just a fun game. I guarantee mm-hmm. the biggest grognard in the world will be receptive to that and be just a little less of a grognard on that day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the beauty of this game. And I, I do, foolishly, despite my skeptical, like pessimistic nature believe a lot better of the age of sigmar community because i've seen it time and time again i've seen the bryces the delmases you know like i've seen that every day in in this game of of people just being better than i ever expected and so like i guess i've come to expect it (laughs) you know like it could be yeah. yeah Yeah, and, and, and I and I and I, I extend that both ways of myself. I try to be better than I, I, I was before. That's part of my extending patience to, to armies. That's part of um that's part of my, you know, wanting everyone to you know, making fun of Zinch but not making fun of Zinch players. Wanting everyone to just have their thing they're passionate about and, and play it. And I want to have games with you that are good. So mm-hmm. well, and, and... Everyone seems to care about about the community getting larger as a whole. I mean, what was what was meltdown year one? Oh man, I don't know. Sixty people. Yeah. Now he it's a was... hundred and sixty. Yeah. Like I mean, and how did that happen? Like that's a, a testament to the type of event Dobus puts on, and himself, and the people that show up. Yeah. <laughs> and evangelize, and yeah. I've not had a bad I've not had a bad game at. Any meltdown I went to. I have specifically one bad game in like two years of tournament play. Like one. Sorry about that. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh no. <laughs> you know, like I've had one bad game. Uh, yeah. Two. Never five get. But even Never Five Get wasn't a bad game. It was just poorly communicated things at the onset of the tournament that wasn't Mm -hmm. even on me you know like the pack should have should have like it's the i didn't know i couldn't do that 
moment. Yeah, I, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Yeah, like I, my opponent didn't. He's like, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Like I'm like, well, it should have been obvious you couldn't do that. Well, it didn't say I couldn't. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, that's not at at some point. Like, if a system can be game, people are gonna game it. But like, yeah. he wasn't a bad person. It was just it was just a bad scenario. It was a bad. I don't mean, like, a gaming scenario. It's just a bad scenario, like, in terms of, like, what I walked into. So, like, I guess I've had I've had two bad games. But one of them wasn't even, like, really, really the opponent. When it gets right down to it. Like, I meme on the Never Five Gat thing, but he wasn't a bad guy. Like, yeah. Whatever. Um, I had, a, like, I, like, I've had conversations with him since. I am cordial with him every time I see him. Like, I, I've had, honestly, one game I walked away from going, ugh. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> What? I've, uh, I've had two bad games in Sigmar ever. Mm. One of them was at a tournament in a Northwest Ohio town when I first started playing. First tournament I ever went to. And I played like the stereotypical overweight, pimply, like 16-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. who The Grognard in training. <laughs> apparently. And like, I mean, it was like my eighth or ninth game. And I tend to jump in the deep end whenever I do something. It's so like, oh, go learn to play at a tournament, right? And every time I did something, he would, like, snicker or make some kind of terrible comment. Mm-hmm. And I very much got asked to leave that gaming store because I made some very unfortunate comments to him and his terrible parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just said things I should not have said. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a bad game. And the other one was uh, at the Michigan GT. Round two, I played the ringer who beat me bottom of one. <laughs> Gross. Well... No, I, I mean, we, we've mentioned Michigan GT twice now. I, I need to mention that uh, it got better. Um, yep, the people who took it over are awesome. Je- uh, Jeff folks. Campbell Crowley, um, the Cobra Kai Dojo, they, they ended up taking it over. It's great event now. It's on my, my AOS, like, priority list. It's it's very near the top to get to get yep. there. So um, Same. We can, we can split a room. Cool. All right, man. Um, we'll do it up. I, I feel like instead of going to Dragonfall, this year, because they fall around Dragonfall. Like, I I, only, I have, like, a hard cap on the amount of tournaments I'm allowed to go to as, like, a family man. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to shoe that in, in in place of one of the other ones I go to around October and stuff. So, so we'll, we'll do... I'm going to do that. We'll, uh... We'll, uh, Drumas, real quick. Beasts of Chaos need better Legion's abilities uh, to make you want to use their book over the others. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Uh, I love the Herdstone, but that's the end of the list for your Legion's abilities. It's you get yeah. to deploy like it's it's like Stormcast Eternals, like you get to deploy off the table. That's your allegiance ability. Like it's a really awesome allegiance ability, but it's like you get the Hearthstone, you get to deploy off the table, and the rest of your allegiance abilities might as well be blank. And it's so clear that they hadn't figured out how to write uh, like sub factions yet. Like they just they simply didn't know how to do it uh, when they wrote Gabe Spawn. Um, uh, all heard and uh, dark walkers. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan GT, it's in. At, where is it? Lansing. Lansing. Yeah, so it's in Lansing. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so so yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, I think we've seen an allegiance ability creep, and I think that's really where a lot of the. Uh, um, malaise or or malcontent or discon or dissonance comes from is we've seen allegiance abilities get better and better and better and it's not like this is i'm not saying fucking power creep i i'm i'm tired of talking about it 
Um, like, I mean, they're getting better at writing rules. The They're cooler even, too. The, the feasting or hungry. Like, eating or hungry. Like, it's a cool... Like, it, like they, they would have never wrote a rule like that, you know, a while back. Like, this, it could do two weird things, and it's, like, situational? Like, nah, that's, that's hyperbole. But the point is, is, like, they've gotten better at writing cool rules and good rules and strong rules. And so we look back on some of these older armies. Beasts of Chaos is technically a 2.0 book. It, it's probably the worst 2.0 book. I think it's right down there. Uh. Are we counting Nurgle? No. No, they were okay. written with 2.0 in mind, but they're not a 2.0 book. Fair. Unquote. And, uh, and Sylvaneth is most certainly worse, but, like, Sylvaneth is, like, such the worst-case scenario, it's almost, like, it's... It's like, ugh. God, they just... I just want them to get a new book. Just... It's, it's like they wrote that book three years ago and released it six months ago. I don't know. I I can't explain it. Like I'm not. I'm sure. Like they put a lot of they they tried to put a lot of thought and work and effort into it. But like, it was a hangover day. Like when they were writing those rules. Like I don't know. You know, writers are real people with real problems and shit. So like, you get a pass. But I have no idea what's going on with that book because it's just they got worse and the changes they made pulled the army in two different directions. They didn't get to stick to the thing they were already doing. They didn't get to do a brand new thing because they're still lassoed to some of the old bullshit. Like, it's just it's just a mess. Well, but they're elves, so it's okay. They can suffer. Fair enough. Yeah, they're, they're elemental <laughs> elves. Uh, do you have any fun anecdotes any 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 soapbox moments you want to you want to get out here perhaps we should talk about stand up with anything anything you want to do before we we switch into close up uh, stand up comedy um so i actually uh gave a talk at work about how using stand up comedy will help me uh to be better at my job um bought tickets recently for bill bear got to go see him he's one of the last true great insult comics could not agree more. Um, seeing him insult the entire city of Philadelphia for and was they, it fifty minutes. Yeah, and they applauded him. <laughs> right? <laughs> they applauded him. He yeah. laid into an entire city, hitting all the hot button. And you, there was this moment where he's making fun of them, like they so they boo a joke or something like that, right? right. So he gets ha- he gets he gets he gets har- harangued, he gets harassed, he gets heckled, and he just and he does what. There are a few great comics that can, like, that can shut down a fucking heckler. Patton Oswalt has a pretty great takedown of a heckler, too. Like, like, and he just, he just, he just cranks it. He lays into, he doesn't just lay into that heckler. He starts laying into the entire city. And they boo, and they boo, and they boo. Until they start laughing and laughing, and by the end, it's a standing ovation of raucous applause. My, and it's the way he the way he ends that that it starts making to, up the amount of time. Like well, at, the very, at the very end, he's just like, "You guys, you guys were here, man. <laughs> you guys were here, man." Yeah, like oh, Pat Oswald has a has a good one too with the woo guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, has has no one been raped? Uh, take it, take us through this real quick. I got to answer my own call. Come on, you're on the stage. Stand up. Uh, so so Pat Oswalt is doing what he called refers to building a moment. 
going going through so like the show gets dull and then it gets funny again and some dude just yells woo and he just lets loose on this guy he's like he's like you're the worst he's like were you told that were you taught that if there was too much silence that that demons come out of the ground and rape everyone he's like he's like it gets funny again just hold on just just give it a minute called building a moment and uh and the absolute fire comes when he's like, you dumb douche nozzle, you're going to miss everything cool and die angry. Which, uh, which is a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so one more time, just a real quick reset. Why did you get so, cause we, when we drove down to, uh, when we, when I rode down to NashCon with you, it was just mm-hmm. six hours of what ended up being like talking about life and stand up comedy. <laughs> yeah. It's just like light, heavy life shit and stand up comedy. Um, uh, what got me on that was uh, so humor as a species we invented humor to rationalize our fear and and I'm terrified of life so uh, so I use stand up comedy to uh, that, that that was meant to be a joke I'm not actually scared of life um, but uh, my monotone voice doesn't really betray that much yeah. um, I relate to a lot of people because stand up comics do something that I think a lot of us fail at which is they rapidly build empathy with with strangers yeah and find a way to communicate to a a a full room of people that they don't know and and impart meaningful things which is something i feel i fail at so um i really i really like the stand-up comedy as an inspiration for how we can all maybe be a little bit more outgoing if we're not yeah yeah i i like it because it automatically i think as commentary because i do i do think you know, co- good comedy is is often commentary, right? In in mm. some sense, it doesn't always have to be. Like Mitch Hedberg was just. I don't think there's any deeper meaning to Mitch Hedberg. Like the, the... Uh, until the end, he got. Oh he yeah. Got oh yeah. Rough but like that's end. the thing is like he was just a guy who just wanted to make you laugh, right? Like, yeah. And there's yeah. a beauty in that. Um, like but like comment when when it comes to like commentary, you're already one layer of skepticism removed when someone <laughs> is when you go to a stand-up show or when you're watching even a comedy movie right like mm-hmm. there's one layer of piss taken out of you when you get yeah. to see it right like you go these are jokes and so mm-hmm. like because you go in going these are jokes you get that one you just get to go one layer deeper on commentary whatever it's on you know because we already start with like just one degree removed from it and i think that's beautiful because like with writing you have to you have to get people to suspend their disbelief. You have to, like, earn that. You have to build it. With games, you have to earn that and build that. Uh, Carlin and Bill Hicks were the absolute legends. Yes. I love Bill Hicks. Um, oh, yeah. Fucking Same. fantastic. We, we, talked, we fucking talked about this. Yeah, Carlin oh, yeah. and Bill Hicks are, like, the, like two of the best. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so... So, but like I, so I love that about comedy. And I do think it's art. I think it's creative. I think it's, you know... So I, I, I love comedy for that reason. Um, with, uh, <laughs> um, man, I, I completely lost my train of thought now, just like that you're reflecting, but yeah, so, um, but I, I like it for that reason. And, um, I think there's a, the empathy thing is something I hadn't considered, but I think that's really great because they do have to kind of like earn the audience right away. Right. Like they're establishing mm-hmm. a, a conversation early. The monologue oftentimes, but your laughter and feedback is part of their, that. It's not a monologue. 
you know, a monologue, you just a spotlight and the applause at the end. There's mm-hmm. an interaction that goes back and forth while you're building a, like a comedic set. Um, it's absolutely a conversation. Yeah. Age of Sigmar does that. Like, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> like you're, like you're yeah. to tie it back in, you're like that, that you go in with a, a stranger, a room of strangers, and you're building that, that dialogue quickly. Um, and so I think there's something to be appreciated. So it wasn't just a random rabbit hole for no reason to cover no. for my on-call shift coming through. Um, well, <laughs> well, not only that, but like some of us aren't the most social, yeah. right? Right. Um, and, and I think that like you, you obviously are, you're very open. I've seen you talk to complete strangers. Like they, yeah. like you've known them for 10 years. It's right? all an act. <laughs> uh, convincing one doesn't, I mean, but if you've done it, like, that's sort of like saying it's ironic. I do it because it's ironic. Like if you do it long enough, it stops being ironic. Yeah, ironic fedora starts... man or ironic yeah, just... mustache man. Yeah, no, you you aren't ironic anymore. You just you're a dude with a mustache. Right? No, I, <laughs> so... I'm 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 uh, making fun of myself a little bit. See, I'm I'm actually deeply introverted. It's what? nobody picks up on it because I am pretty social and i'm able to, to to have conversations so you're like myers-briggs introverted not like socially awkward introverted so like yes. social interaction takes from you well i'm an i am an intj oh. uh if, i'm the other one of those <laughs> what's that like e uh, uh, I, intp intp yeah yeah no no so, so, yeah what well, it's it's just astrology for uh for yeah. for nerds yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, I'm writing it down. That's that's a, that's yeah. That's that's, that's that's all it is. But um, no. I so I'm an INTJ. Like I expect I accept that like social interactions are a skill that you can learn. Mm-hmm. You know. So like I and I just like I'm not good at social. I'm going to practice being better at social. So I've just like gotten better at it. You know, asking people questions is a big part of being good at social. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Good night, man. Um, so so like asking people to to your asking people questions like oh you know tell me about that but like i'm fucking drained being social takes it out of me i need i need to process everything internally i need to go home and be by myself like i need to think about Mm -hmm. it um the reason i've gotten a lot better at like this format of of discussion is because uh talking to a guest you know talking to you helps me take the internal thoughts that i'm currently processing and because i practice it put it out there to like talk to you with it or chat gang or whomever oh for me that's just alcohol and stimulants <laughs> fair enough fair enough. <laughs> fair enough yeah so and um i feel great about this episode how about you how are you um, uh, i do i mean thank you for having me on to let me talk about something that is i mean has been hard for me to talk about in my life yeah and hopefully somebody sees this and realizes that there's a place that they can talk about who they are and it's okay right that's, a, that's all I really want. I mean, we are, we are the island of misfit toys, the community, and that's okay, right? I can't say it any better. So I'm just gonna say, good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, good night, uh, Nick, Doctor True. Thank you for so much for being on, man. Um, Appreciate it. Let's do this again sometime. If you wanna uh, check out Nick online, he's at Nick and I see True on Twitter. Um, it all have his, his hobby journey that he's ramping through right now and his bragging about his recent podiums. <laughs> Brad's made weekend. Yeah. Not bragging. Just, just, and you know, take it, take it out of seven player one, one day 
thousand point event. I'll take it. Yeah. Is there anything you want to put on blast? Anything you think people should check out? It could be any anything, man. Anything I think people should check out. Um, nothing outside of Swedish hip hop. So I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> check out some <laughs> Swedish hip hop. All right. Good yep. night, chat gang. Thank you so much for hanging out yep. with us tonight.